the resurrection of a damned soul. The torment of a troubled past. Born of the same blood. Two brothers. Now the story must be told. No way. See the garbage can full of salt? That's where he keeps his victims. The salt turns the bodies into mummies. Wow. Yeah, look out! Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. I'm a fan of classic movies. Hello and welcome to Overlapping Dialogue, a podcast of audio commentaries dedicated to discussing cinema that fascinates us in a way we hope fascinates you. We're your co-host, Kyle and Levi Huffman. I'm Kyle. I'm Levi. And already, and I know I've said versions of this several times in the beginning of these podcasts, it's hard to believe we're already where we are, that we're recording our 20th episode. Uh, yep. And for some of you, it may be our very first. And if it is, welcome, welcome. We know this movie has a huge fan base behind it, so I wouldn't doubt if this actually ends up being some people's very first episode. Yeah. Um, but our audio commentary today uh, is of 1999's The Mummy. And I said this at the end of the last podcast. This was one of the first movies we thought of when we were thought about yeah. movies to record and mm. talk about because, you know, of course, we talk about some movies we don't really like but we find it interesting, but we also talk a lot about a lot of movies that are very dear and close to our hearts. Yeah. And very few really hold and occupy that space in the same way I know for us uh, as The Mummy. Yeah. Uh, this 1999 version. So, uh, Levi, why don't you run us through some of the key cast crew details of okay. The Mummy? Um, well, it's a 1999 American film written and directed by Stephen Summers. Of course, it's a remake of the 1932 film of the same name. Um, uh, but basically, it's about... Uh, I'll read here. It just says, The film follows adventurer Rick O'Connell as he travels to Hominoptera, the city of the dead, with a librarian and her elder, older brother... Or, not elder... Elder, just older well, brother. Well, either way. That, I wanted to make sure we knew he was older for yeah. some reason. I thought that was important in my mind. I don't know why. Um, or they accidentally awakened... Accidentally. Emotep, <laughs> a cursed high priest from the reign of the Pharaoh Seti I of 1290 BC. Um, I guess uh, we've already talked about the original film a little bit when we did our Invisible Man um, episode, the 1933 film. Um but um, 
I guess we can kind of relitigate that. Well, again. that's one but, of our least listened to podcasts. So, yeah, so you know, it'd be a good chance to just to kind of go um, some of that stuff. As we know, obviously, uh, you're a huge. I should just say this: huge Universal Mo- Well, I know you might bristle at this. I guess you know a lot about the Universal Monster. Yeah, I'm not as much of a fan as, as I used to be, but there's a lot of useless information. And, well, I don't think it's useless information, but there's a lot of information I walk around with. But uh, for a long, long time, time that, that original Mummy was one of your very favorites. Yeah. Um, just real quickly, what about that one do you think is distinct or unique within the Universal Monster canon? Well, as that um, goes? what's interesting about it, to me, obviously you had Dracula was kind of the first of those. Um, once again, we've talked about a lot of this stuff in that episode, so I won't go too much in depth in it, and you can go back and listen to that, which I highly recommend. Um, but that one, uh, you know, Dracula was originally made. It was going to be silent originally, and then they started. Then they started filming it as sound, the talkie. Um, but it still retained the silences, and it, and it works in that way. We're going to talk about later uh, when we do a certain thing about the Philip Glass version that you can watch. I've never seen, but we'll talk more about that later about a specific thing we're going to find. Um, but um, that one was uh, obviously more a little more silent in that way and more moody in that way. Frankenstein was kind of similar, but I feel like that was made obviously at the outset of being a sound uh film, so it was more um uh had a little bit more going on as far as that does. What's interesting though about the mummy is first of all it's the first to have a sustained score throughout, even though it still had portions of silence. Um but that also um, I think unlike those other two movies, even it has this uh, dreamlike kind of wistful quality to it um, that uh, the other two don't even have. Um, I feel like Dracula kind of has that a little bit, but it's not as pronounced. Frankenstein doesn't as much. I feel like that's a just a tad more action oriented um, and kind of has some set pieces in it that those other two movies don't have. Um, but that with the Mummy, I think that it it's both its strength and its weakness that it is like that because it's very slow. It's very, uh, even though, like I said, it has a little bit more music and has uh, some more things going on. Um, randomly, the first impalement ever on screen is in that movie really? during the okay. uh, the um, flashback sequence where they kill all the guards that buried him and mm-hmm. they, there's that shot where they throw a spear and kill a guy. It's actually pretty gruesome for 1932, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, anyway, so there's some things in there that are new and different, but ultimately it's pretty, it's a pretty quiet, I won't even, I wouldn't even use the word contemplative necessarily, but just a very kind of low-key movie that has some scares, but he's barely in the uh, bandages, he's not, he's just more right. of that kind of general. No, yeah, one of the striking images but, of the movie is Karloff in uh, the makeup, that, but not necessarily yeah. with all those and bandages. And the fez yeah. on and right. not, yeah. And other but, key differences between, yeah. uh, the 32 mummy and those other universal movies that came before or after is that that's really about the only one in that franchise or the franchise itself does, but this kind of set in the middle East are really right. not of the kind of Europe. European yeah. tradition of ghosts and goblins of Europe. But right. It's like another part of the yeah. world. So, and obviously that opens up some challenges as well in terms of depicting and well, representing people. Yeah. You know. And I, t- of course, and I talked about, um, I've talked about all the inherent racism of a lot of those movies in that podcast, and in my and also I wrote extensively about each of these movies on Letterbox um, when I went through them uh, 
when was that? 2019, summer of 2019. So if you want even more thoughts on all of that stuff, go look all that up. But specifically that it's interesting, yeah, that a lot of those movies are based in Europe, but then that one, of course, is in Egypt. Um, but but then even the sequels of the Mummy sequels and a lot of those movies in the 40s actually came to America, and it was kind of this whole, you know, uh, nationalist idea of we are being invaded by these, you know, either people from Europe or people from the Middle East. So it was very, you know, of course, very nationalist and, and then xenophobic. I, and then but. to jump ahead a little bit, uh, I'm guessing the Mummy played a role in the Hammer movies as well. Yes, and I actually haven't. I feel stupid to say this. I have still have not seen that uh, that first Mummy movie with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, and then there was a, I think a, one or two sequels. To those, but they, they, didn't, they didn't make as many of those as they made with Dracula and Frankenstein. But yeah, I'm sad to say I still haven't seen that one because uh, the Hammer movies are very interesting. I'm not that in love with I haven't actually seen as many as I would like to because they're kind of hard to get a hold of. Um, Here in America, I guess. Yeah, but, um, it, well, they're not that hard, but like, you can't buy them all in a set. They're kind of spread out over yeah. all these different distrib- distribution companies and Anyway, it's a long story, but I still haven't seen that one, and I feel stupid that I haven't done that even before this podcast, but I very much want to. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and we can kind of talk more about that stuff in the remake remakes in general. But, of course, the reason I say all that is that this movie is incredibly different in about every way, mm-hmm. other than the fact that it's the still the same basic story of... And you got Emotep. Uh, right, you know. that Emotep had um, been in love with the Pharaoh's daughter... Um, and that he was uh, killed, um, and but well, mummified alive as a result of his actions, and that there was this kind of uh, curse involved where if he were to be reawakened, he would uh, put all the plagues of Egypt over, in this movie at least. That wasn't really the case in the original one. In the original one, it was just the basic kind of King Tut's curse type thing, because that was very much in vogue in the 20s and 30s when that stuff had happened when they found King Tutankhamun's tomb and that uh, a lot of people died under all these mysterious circumstances. A lot of people think there was a curse because they opened the boxes and stuff. And Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same thing happened in that original film where it's about that. But ultimately, this both of these versions, but especially that original film, is ultimately the 1932 version is a love story. Um, about you know love across the ages, it kind of calls it of this sense of a man who pined for this woman, and that he's wanting to use the body of this, uh, you know, woman in the twenties to resurrect his uh, dead um, lover, um, and that's basically the, the same story in both. But this obviously is totally an action film, mm-hmm. um, and is way more involved with these other characters, and there's a lot more global in a sense of that it has the British characters, but it also has some Middle Eastern characters and some American characters. So most of the characters in that original film are just British people, and there's a couple, like the villain is Egyptian, and there's a couple Egyptians here and there, but mostly it's just British people in that movie. I feel like in a lot Um, of ways, too, um, that Mummy movie, at the time it was being made, while it's playing on certain archetypes, either of horror cinema at that time, or of like... um, uh, just like what we know about ancient Egypt and yeah. like the curses and the kind of these orientalist ideas to an extent, yeah. um, that uh, it's kind of it's doing the hard work and digging the ditches and kind of making the new template through which things will be right. judged. 
by the time we get to this movie, it's kind of following a very tight template that's already been established of just action adventure storytelling. And so as a result, you know, he doesn't, this movie, the mummy 99 just feels like, uh, going back to some things we talked about in past weeks, like a theme park attraction or like a ride. It just feels so propulsive. It feels so well put, put together. We'll talk about maybe some critical responses to this that I was frankly a little bit shocked and disappointed by, but, um, but it just, this just feels like it's so refined and it's, as opposed to that 32 version, very different type of movie, but it feels like it's doing the hard work to try to make a new type of movie at the yeah. same time, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, because that's another thing is uh, about this movie, and I think this is the case for a lot of people. Um, I hesitate to say this because it would make it sound like I'm some expert on Egypt or anything, but I this movie made me fall in love with ancient Egypt. That's one of the most interesting things to me. I actually don't know as much about it as I would like. Um, and, and, of course, that goes beyond just the mummies and stuff, yeah, about, yeah. like... You know the civilization of ancient Egypt and what that means in history, um, but this was the first thing I saw of that, and it immediately put me under a spell of oh, you know, uh, this whole I guess it's weird to call it an aesthetic because it's a culture and a civilization, and also it's important to note that not only this movie but also a lot of other movies, you know, of course have these stereotypes about uh, Egypt that uh, history has proven to not be totally true or that we're not as sure about. Um, but, um, I think that's the case for a lot of people with this movie, uh, especially for me, is that it made me very much interested in that. And that I think it kind of, like, um, you know, like we, like you were kind of saying, uh, you said kind of about that 32 movie, that it kind of sort of introduced this new type of movie, um, and it probably wasn't even the first Mummy movie, I don't know, there was probably some silent movie somewhere. I'm sure there was. Uh, but, um... That, yeah, that was the first major version of that. And that we've seen versions of that throughout time, even up until the newest Mummy remake, and also even like, uh, you know, X-Men Apocalypse being a version wow. of that. Yeah. Um, but it's but it seems to me like this was a resurrection, um, uh, pun intended, of that type of movie, The Mummy 1999, because really that hadn't been being made for a pretty long time well, at least in my um, memory of the 90s uh, i don't really remember a lot this was my first real introduction to that whole concept of the mummy as a right. horror archetypal yeah. figure i think i'd seen monster squad which that came out in the late yeah. 80s and the mummy version in that is kind of an afterthought to yeah. some of the other monsters yeah and there was um, that um i'm gonna look this up really as quick as i can there is this one bram stoker short story or kind of book that was about a mummy that was made into a movie i think in the 80s and i'm gonna look and see what that jewel of the seven stars was the name of the book and it was adapted into it was adapted a couple times the the awakening is what i was thinking of which was in 1980 and then also the tomb in 1986 um well, it says even in 98 there was a... And then even, or... yeah, just before that, there was a film called Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy, or simply Bram Stoker's The Mummy. And then, of course, that's what I was going to say, is one of the last types of these things, it was a Hammer movie, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, which I've never seen, but was an adaptation of that book. So that book has seen, actually, quite a few adaptations. Okay. Um, so there have been versions of that. But in... but. 
I think it's been really probably since Blood from the Mummy's Tomb uh, that it was, or even maybe The Awakening in eighty, but that we've seen a big mummy movie. It had been a little while before that, and we haven't really seen a ton of them after. Yeah. I mean, we've seen like The Mummy Returns and The Scorpion King. Um, and those Scorpion King movies. No, and, well, and, and the whole franchise now. Right, and the uh, the uh, China, Tomb of the Chinese Emperor, which you haven't seen, right? No. I've seen, I saw that in theaters. Dra- Dragon Emperor? I mean, or, or what did I say? Chinese Emperor? Yeah, d- d- yeah the Dragon Emperor is what yeah. I meant. Yeah, it was, it was the Chinese Yeah, I was going to get to the sequels of these movies yeah. later we're going to talk but about. But that, of course, was most memorable for Here We Go Again moment yeah, yeah. in the trailer. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and I think they recast Rachel Vice for that movie yeah, too so it's kind of so. like whatever but um, but yeah so anyway that's kind of what I was meaning to get at is that this is really an introduction for a lot of people to the whole mummy well especially for the generation aesthetic, certain generation right? of um, us who were yeah. growing up in the 90s and 2000s which know? in its own way like, we kind of talked about the Pirates movies in this way it's a version of the Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark in a way for a lot of people um, and it's certainly not as good as that, but or pirates, but it's still really good. But anyway, so uh, that's what the movie's about. We'll go through the cast. Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell, an American adventurer who served in the French Foreign Legion. And of course, he had been to, at the beginning of the movie, he's at the Battle of Hominoptera, and he's kind of aware that there's something there, there's some kind of curse on the area or something going on. And that he's basically approached um, by Rachel Vice's character and her brother, who are looking for Hominoptera to find. Uh, they're wanting to find the Book of the Dead that's there, but there's other people who are also wanting to go there because there's a bunch of treasure there too. Um, but and he's kind of their guide, who knows he's been there, and it's kind of a city where a lot of people go and they die, but he actually was able to get out. So, um, what do we have to say about Brendan Fraser? I mean, I feel like there's a lot to say. There's a actually, lot to but... say. I'm not sure how long this is going to take. Yeah. Um, there's a really brilliant um, GQ profile that was written of him a few years ago called Whatever Happened to Brendan Fraser that I'm going to put a link into yeah. uh, this podcast. Um, Brendan Fraser for, you know, us, our generation who, again, were raised from the 90s and 2000s, it seemed like he was everywhere for a while. He yeah. was ubiquitous. Um, he was a you know pretty big male movie star for a brief time period in the nineties, um, and this you can look at some of his nineties work. Yeah. Um, Fight was his first. Which he told a story about working on. I yeah. remember in that yeah. having his ribs hurt. Right. Basically, you know, and then of course, Encino Man was kind of his big breakout. Yeah, uh, School Ties, which yeah. I've seen, and that movie has like a lot of uh, young actors who are getting ready to blow up. Yeah, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon, Chris O'Donnell. Um, uh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Uh, so there's a that's that's a decent little movie. It's not as good as some of the talent would lead you to believe it is. Yeah. Though. Airheads. I've kind of heard. Yeah, about, I, I've yeah. seen clips of that on TV. I've not oh, seen the whole thing. Oh, that's that movie. Yeah, it's like that rock star movie thing. Hijack a radio station. Oh, to get okay. airplay for their song. I think. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that's what that was about. And yes, but, Steve Buscemi. I think yeah. seen that too. Um, let's see, Brain Candy. Brain Candy. I've heard of that. Some Canadian comedy. Okay. Oh, it's a kids in the hall thing. Uh, George um, of the Jungle was. Yeah. Did you have you ever seen that? I, I think I have, but it's been so long ago. I, and yeah. he's uh, finding that, and I think that come that movie weirdly comes to uh, typify or create the archetype of who Brendan Fraser is, as that he's an attractive but kind of goofy looking guy who's willing to be 
the guy who you know gets slammed into a tree, yeah, gets slammed right. into things, and just like I think that kind of weirdly become so attached to him. Yeah. Uh, One thing that's important to note, I always forget this. He was in that film Gods and Monsters, which was that biopic about James Whale um, with Ian yeah. McKellen. It's interesting that was only a year before the Mummy, mm-hmm. so that he was kind of that's just kind of weird to think about that he was in some Universal adjacent horror right. adjacent thing about him and then yeah and then of course the mummies in 99 uh well, just before that blast from the past which is kind of oh right yeah other, uh yeah and, and again that's a good example of that and Cena man george the jungle a lot of these roles he's playing this guy who's almost like out of sorts from a seemingly another time period or he's like this special case of like right not idiot, but just this like um, innocent, innocent, naive, naive like yeah. presence. Right. The mummy's very different in that way that he's just kind of world weary traveler. Right. Um. And what I love about him in this, and we'll talk about this as it goes through, is that at first he's presented as a lot more of a tough guy, cool guy than I think the movie yeah. actually reveals him to be. That he's a guy who's kind of manic and kind of freaking out at some points. Yeah, and, and screaming. and yeah, yeah, and I mean, you see that with, like, Indiana Jones, and, like, yeah. so that's not totally new right. to this. Yeah. But, like, I, I think that I like that over the course of the movie, he's revealed to not be exactly the tough, cool And he guy has that plans he that don't work, and he ha- he's like right. Indiana Jones, he has to improvise. I mean, he very much is an Indiana Jones-type character. Clone um, but, but he but he breathes life into it in his own way of his Brendan Fraser way that is a little different. Dudley Do-Right um, <laughs> always remembers a movie that I just saw a poster for, for in movie theaters in the yeah. late 90s, and I never did see it, but I just yeah. never seen that poster uh, ever again. Monkey Bone. We've seen some of that on TV. Oh, Henry Selleck made that, and Sam Hamm wrote it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Mummy Returns, of course. He did. Was in, he was in a quiet American adaptation, which is an adaptation of. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, the Graham Greene. Graham Greene yeah. novel. Yeah. Um, Looney Tunes back in action, of course. I think uh, uh, that's an interesting role that he's like yeah. playing a stuntman for Brendan Fraser. And he tells a very kind of almost sad story in um, yeah, that GQ that article, GQ yeah. article that. Um, this was at a time where he was feeling a lot of contempt for himself, um, and he plays the stuntman for Brendan Fraser in the movie, but then he plays briefly Brendan Fraser in the movie towards right. the end, and he punched Brendan Fraser. And the version of Brendan Fraser he brings to it of himself is very interesting, that he's very kind of uh, Hollywood, like very out of touch, very... Um, hoity-toity, you know, very just, like, doesn't care about his stuntman or care about anyone else. And so I think he was trying to bring out some of the worst versions of himself in that or what he perceived in himself. But Luton's back in action. Uh, And his father in that, of course, is Timothy Dalton, who come to Las Vegas, one of the all-time moments. But Uh, but you got any thoughts on Luton's back in action? I I think it's, and a lot of people say this, it's, it's, of course, way better than Space Jam. Um, we saw that new Space Jam trailer, by the way. Still awful. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's good. I, I mean, that's a Joe Dante movie, so he understands the Looney Tunes way more than whoever the heck directed Space Jam. Yeah. Um, well, I know Joe Dante. He despised Space Jam. Oh yeah. Kind of so, made this right. movie as a response. Yeah. Of also, uh, Steve Martin very good in that. As the yeah. One very weird performance. Uh, Crash. <laughs> now you've seen Crash yeah. more recently recently than yeah. I. He does have a very famous line reading, though, in Crash. I mean... I mean it says it all. Yeah. Um, well, now, what do you yeah, think of him in Crash and then the movie itself, I guess? 
You've seen you a know, little more recently. Yeah, I just saw Crash for the first time last year, and uh, it's a very infamous, controversial movie. Um, it's a movie that, frankly, I think is so fascinating, and I don't want to say it's not complicated, because it definitely is, and I, don't, I wouldn't even want to use the word inoffensive, because there are things about it that are complicated and maybe racist, and there's some particular things. But I didn't find it to be as bad as people act like it is it's also because i never saw it years ago i didn't live in the eye in the moment where it won best picture i haven't really been able to participate in a conversation about it but i found it to be both incredibly interesting and then incredibly puerile um i mean it's to me it's the typical two and a half star movie it's very much like there are things in here i like there's things that are that i don't like but i i i (laughs) As complicated as it is, I get what Paul Haggis was going for, and I understand the movie he wanted to make, and I think it's very interesting and kind of important that somebody made a movie like that at that time and did the whole hyperlink thing. But it's also a moment where the hyperlink was kind of becoming... Oh, yeah, didn't we? I guess we talked know, about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think us, I did already uh, talk about this Syriana. a little bit. Yeah. But the, um, but it's kind of just an incredibly forgettable movie, too, and it hasn't really stuck with me Um. But um, well, now, and it's interesting particularly enough, though, I will say that yeah. Matt Dillon's performance in that movie, I think, is the best yeah. thing about because he's Matt Dillon, yeah. um, and I think is a, the most interesting thing in the movie, and kind of what you should hang the whole movie on is that performance and him and Thandie Newton in that movie. I think is pretty interesting. But him in that, but Brian Fraser's actually not in that movie an awful lot. Well, I was going to say um, it's interesting that by but, this point he's moving into a little bit more of a character actor part right. because then there's a um, bunch of. Uh, movies here journey to the end of the night some independent movie um the last time the air i breathe um and then he was in journey to the city of the center of the earth in 2008 i forgot that was even a movie but yeah and then anyway the, you, uh well i was just gonna say it's yeah. interesting that he's starting to transition into some more character roles because you're seeing he's in a few um action adventure stuff coming up but it's starting to dry up a little bit by this point for that and he's getting a little older obviously too right um and yeah there's there's a bunch of movies here just random stuff a lot of stuff that we just not really heard of yeah um and a lot i would actually looks kind of interesting some of these independent movies at least um but uh he's been kind of recently and what that gq kind of article is about he's been in a lot of tv Shows he's most recently in Doom Patrol. Um, that's which probably we the biggest thing that's yeah, reintroduced people to up. him. But um, he was in that show Trust in 2018. But you've been watching some of it. I just started it because I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch some of that. I'll watch some this week before this episode because I was like, oh, I want to see him in that some and th- and and it's a good enough show. It's about the uh, John Paul Getty, uh, the uh, oil tycoon, and his uh, grandson's uh, kidnapping in Rome and. I don't really know how it all turns out. I know he lived and everything, but um, Donald Sutherland is Getty in that. The um, and uh, but Frazier is playing his like kind of uh, bag man fixer type who like is going in search of him. And there's the, the whole second episode um, of that show is him going to Rome to kind of look for him and him, it kind of, and he like wears a cowboy hat and he talks to the camera at different points. And it's very much like a cowboy in Hamburg type thing, Mm -hmm. like in the American friend, except it's totally different performance or the counselor. Yes. Um, this is a weirdly specific archetype. Yeah, no, but well, it's the thing that all kind of came out of the American friend, obviously. Um, but, but he has some really funny, 
line readings and that, he's very like, oh, shucks. Like, well, that ain't the way we do it down mm-hmm. in Texas kind of thing. But there's the, you know, there's a lot of funny stuff, but there's one scene where this, uh, he's he's clean out of patience. Okay. You know, that's the only sentence in the Italian phrase book that I can make out. Son, look at me. I'm slow to wrath, as a good book says. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. But I'm about clean out of patience. So I want you to take this half of the pencil and I want you to write down everywhere that you and your friend Paul went in the last two weeks. I need names, addresses, times, sexual orientation, cup size, dick size. I don't care if you piss in a pot. I want to know the name of the pot. And I'm going to just hang on to this half of the pencil, you know, just in case. Get up. And uh, he is, you know, going after that guy like, I need to know what's going on. And that, yeah, that what was it? He's like, uh, cup size, this size, all that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, and he, he's, I think he is really good in that. It's, it's interesting to, and they said in the GQ thing, it's really cool to see him back. And yeah. Uh, now, of course, something that needs to be brought up, and you can read more about it in the GQ article, those of you who want to know, but. Part of his uh, kind of disappearance is all supposedly about this sexual assault that happened to him at a uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association luncheon in 2003 by Philip Burke, who used... I think I don't know if he was the president of it at the time. I think at the time he was. Uh, yeah, and that he's kind of been at these different times. And he talks about it there, and that it seems like that that negatively affected his career, and he didn't want to talk about it. But then when all this Me Too stuff kind of happened, that he... And, he, and um, he felt a sense of shame and weird guilt. And, you know, one positive aspect, of course, of this of many and of sorts of these Me Too movement that's yeah. come out is that, of course, we primarily associate a lot of these sexual harassment um, incidents that happen with women as yeah, far as being right. perpetuated on women. And that's principally what it is. Right, yeah. But... Stories like his, and Terry Crews told a similar story of something that happened to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of this can happen to men as well in Hollywood. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously oftentimes by men themselves also. And so he felt this sense of shame. And this was back in, you know, in 2003, it would have been a lot for a woman to speak out even yeah. about this stuff, yeah. much less a man. And he talks right. about that sense of shame and guilt of, wow, can I step up and speak out? I just don't know if I can do that. So. Um, yeah, and, and that, yeah. He, he said that he that he thinks that played a role, not an entire role, as far as why his work maybe started to dry right. up. Was, and and uh, he even said that when the Me Too stuff started happening, he still felt like he couldn't say anything, and that he finally was able to you know talk about that, and that's you know obviously a big deal. But it should be said importantly that Philip Burke, that sob that yeah. did that. Um, just recently got expelled from the Hollywood Forum Press, ex- supposedly for a racist email. Let me I didn't just even ask know this question this. too: Is anything ever good come out of the Hollywood Forum Press Association? No, the never. Golden Globes. You I know, mean, we've talked about the Oscars briefly. I don't think we'll ever talk about the Golden Globes. Here's the moment where we will. They're garbage, and I don't want to pay attention to them. So, but I want to read some of this that they had said about him. Okay. Um, read, yeah. Um, that was randomly written by Scott Feinberg, who was the guy who had that whole little thing with David Crosby. For but we didn't. But once I heard Neil's songs that he was writing, 
when any question in my mind, I wanted to be in a band with that guy. And he was writing wonderful songs, a, a much higher level than most people around him. You know, he hadn't really developed yet into the, the lead guitar player that he is now, the outrageous lead guitar player that he is now, who doesn't sound like any other human being on the planet. But he did have those songs, and, and to me, songs are the jacks are better. They're, they're the, the real meat of the matter. You know, I, you can dress it up any way you want. It, it still has to start with a song, and, uh, and a good one. I mean, he's a really good writer, when he wants to be. Well, to talk about a beautifully written song, second album, just a year later, included our house and what i wanted to ask you about that was here's something where you had been romantically involved with johnny mitchell then you moved on but when you now have a song first of all where graham is now involved with her and then there's a song about that i wondered was it tough to sing about her now being with somebody else or were you just already moved on to other you know obviously you'd had your so own. you didn't watch the documentary of course i watched the documentary but okay well you need to go back and watch it again I, I'm teeing up a question for you. Graham was unquestionably the best person for Joni. Yeah. And it was a good match, and I was quite happy about it. Yeah. And you recognize that song immediately was a special one. I'm kind of a dumb guy, you know that? Well, I can see why some of these other guys have a problem with you. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But don't come here and insult me. Hey, you're an asshole, man. You fucking go through the fucking kindergarten shit here. Yeah? You got somebody in front of you who can answer stuff that's serious. And we could have talked about all kinds of serious shit. And you're going through fucking infantile crap that anybody could have got out of a fucking book. Yeah. Okay, well, good. You're a dipshit. Bye. Take care. Hopefully we were able to That's one of my favorite exchanges, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's something for another day to discuss because <laughs> that's just hilarious. I remember when that happened, that was a big deal. Big deal. Um, but anyway, uh, so let's see. It says, Philip Burke, a member of the Ho- I'm not going to read this whole thing, but a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association for the past 44 years, eight-term president, expelled two days after emailing an article to his fellow members that described Black Lives Matter as a racist hate movement and slammed its co-founder, Patrice Coulours, for purchasing a home in Top- Topanga Canyon. Effective immediately, Philip Burke is no longer a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. There was something here specifically I wanted to read. Yeah. Oh, here it was. 88-year-old from South Africa received considerable backlash to his Sunday email from fellow members, according to Los Angeles Times, which received a copy of email chain. Here's here's the important part. Mm-hmm. One member labeled Burke's email as racist, another vile, and a third call him a thundering disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> While the HFPA's COO notified Burke that it was not appropriate behavior, Burke replied, I only intended to illustrate the hypocrisy that engulfs us. I forward it as a point of information. I had no hidden agenda. I now regret having sent it. And then it talks about that Fra- talks the about Fraser, the Fraser thing. So, total SOB, total worthless, and he's gone. But isn't it sad it took this long for yeah, something like this to happen? And I'm, I, you, know? you know, I feel, um, you know... It's good that Fraser was on his own, able to finally feel comfortable enough to come right. out and wear these grievances. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame, obviously, it had to happen in the first place. But if nothing else, his example is instructive of what can happen, that even yeah. men can be you know, sexually harassed yeah. in Hollywood. But nonetheless, we don't want to end this on the down note with him. I mean, yeah. he's such a lovable, likable guy. Yeah. I know for our generation, he's probably among the most popular actors yeah. for a lot of people our he, age, I know. Yeah, I mean, he's always been really good, I think, as uh, just kind of every man 
charming. He's just one of those, actor, and this yeah. might uh, might sound weirdly condescending. And I don't even mean it to be at all. Is that he's just one of those guys? He's a pro. He just yep. knows exactly what role he plays yeah. within a given um, uh, project, and yeah. he just says, "All right, I know what role I play. I may be the lead." I maybe a cowboy in Hamburg part, whatever right. it is. Yeah. I'm gonna play it yeah. to the exactly what it needs, and so right. he just always succeeds in that way. Yeah. Also, a guy um, mostly known for action comedy, but can do drama as well. Yeah. So again, yeah. we love Brendan Fraser here at Overlapping Dialogue, yeah. and I know we know a great many others too. Too. Oh yeah. So, um, so Rachel Vice as Evelyn Carnahan. Um, she's uh, that uh, clum- says a clumsy but brilliant Egyptologist. Evelyn undertakes the expedition to Hamanatra to discover an ancient book, proving herself to her peers. Um, so yeah, she's basically this uh, Egyptologist that works in the kind of library uh, uh, at uh, in Cairo, um, and uh, that she kind of comes across this stuff, learns about oh the Book of the Dead can actually be found in Hamanatra, and her and her brother, played by John Hanna. Um, basically decide they're going to go there and that, like I said, they kind of find Rick O'Connell to help them yeah. do that. Uh, what do you have to say about Rachel Vice? Well, it, you know, it's weird that for so long I uh, totally associated her with these movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it was weird in the last, like, 10-ish years. It's like, oh, wait a minute. She acts in other things as well. And not only that, is a great actor in yeah. a lot of independent kind of drama like the stuff. lot between oceans the lobster and, and well speaking and of the, the lobster favorite. the favorite yeah. you know really these yorgos lanthimos movies of yeah. recent years i've really remembered her in especially yeah. in the lobster yeah because um, i rewatched that recently uh with some friends of mine one of them had seen it one of them haven't and it, of course it went over beautifully everybody everybody i know that's seen that loves that movie do we want to uh, briefly talk about our experience seeing the lobster for the first time we can yeah so well, you go ahead. And so talk about we that. were. This was in 2016, the year of all cursed years, as we yes. all know. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? Greensboro. Yeah, it was Greensboro. We were. Um, I hate to admit this. Okay, but. so we were going to see um, a certain comedian uh, by the name of Louis C.K., mm-hmm. who at the time we were huge fans of. Yeah, and he was funny. What for whatever yeah. it's worth at mm-hmm. that show. But we were in Greensboro for the day, and you know, we don't like. Lucy K anymore. No, I mean, that, um, and go not, look into, not to like defend ourselves, but this was before his whole fall from grace. Uh, not only the uh, sexual stuff that came out, that some of the Me Too stuff, but things he said after the fact, some kind of political things that were very abhorrent. But yeah. anyway, and so, so we're not fans of him anymore. No, um, no. So, um, and we regret even doing that. But anyway, another good thing about that but, day, and so the only um, good thing about that day, maybe we should say, you know, other than I'd that, say this the. You know, going to see the lobster and seeing our dear friend Justin Carr, yeah. um, well, who we met at the mm-hmm. Lucy Cage. So he's he's implicated too. Yeah, <laughs> you listen, Justin. You were there too. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, we're just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but um, so we went. What was the name of the movie theater we saw? Uh, the Red Cinema. The Red Cinema, and it was red. It was painted red. And inside. this is a very strange movie theater. I'm not even sure if it even exists anymore. I, I'm I, gonna. It's one of those things. It. I feel like it materialized. Right before we came, and yeah. then it slightly did it just, uh, you know, faded away into the night after we left the city. It just had this really weird vibe about it. It literally felt like something in a David Lynch movie. Yeah, yeah it was weird. Um, it looks like it's still there. It's still there. Wait, let me look. Uh, anyway, keep keep. So going. red cinemas. Sure. So we got there to see the lobster and temporarily closed. I don't know if. Okay. Yeah. So uh, temporarily closed. I don't know. Maybe that means forever. That um. 
we got there. It was a small theater, and it had, but it had, it felt big. And it was like a, like, it was like an amphitheater almost. Yeah, it was really weird. And it, was, yeah. it was like easy to get lost in it. All the walls were painted red. Like I said, you feel like you were in a David Lynch thing or something. Yeah. Um, and then we got to see the lobster, and who all was there? It was like I it feel was like, like an older couple, a kind of middle aged couple. And Maybe then about one or two other people. Ten minutes into the movie, yeah. something like that, it was like some frat college guys came in to yeah. watch it. Which is funny because they missed the opening where the woman goes and shoots her, like presumably husband or whoever yeah, it right. was that was the donkey or whatever. Yeah. So they and missed so that, on that. That movie you know? is weird enough. Yeah. But then just a lot of circumstances that day just made the yeah, movie. Yeah, by the way, if you're weirder. confused by a woman whose husband was donkey, she went to shoot. Go look up what that movie's yeah, about. We don't have time it, yeah. to litigate that and watch it. Um, but yeah, that was, and they, and they loved it too, by the way, uh, the, yeah. those guys, they I think they were so funny. Were they, but, I don't remember if they sold alcohol at this place. I kind of think they I did. Think they did. And I think they were a little juiced That was up. also, I think the first time I ever saw Olivia Coleman in it. Well, no, I had seen her in Hot Fuzz, but yeah. other than that, um, that was the first time I'd seen Olivia Coleman in anything, I think too. But what I, yeah, so what I was going to say, that, that's a whole weird experience that's hilarious. If you want to know more about that, talk to us in person one of these days about that whole experience. And maybe we'll, if we do that movie eventually, we can kind of retell that story. I'm sure we probably will. But one thing I'll say about that movie, we re- I rewatched it here recently, and I was really paying attention to her in the movie because she's kind of, she's a character in the movie, but she's also the narrator of the movie. Um, and she only comes, but she's narrator for half the movie and, you know, most of the movie, but you're like, who's this character that's narrating? And she's not physically in the movie until about halfway through. Um, but that whole movie's really weird because Yorgos Lanthimos is Greek and he writes his movies in Greek and then he translates them into English. So, and then the way that the people act, it's just a totally other world of the way people act in those movies. But the... Some of the line readings of her and that are stuff that is so funny, but she's so deadpan. <laughs> and it's really weird to see these movies, and she's very kind of joy, joyful and charismatic. And right. But then you see that, and she's very like... Especially later in the movie where she can't see anymore, and she's just even more sitting there, not moving, and being even less emotive. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she's great in that, and in The Favorite as well. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, That's also but, got Emma Stone and yeah. uh, Olivia Coleman yet yeah. again. And I, she's somebody I, I haven't seen a lot of movies that she's in, but everything she's in I think is great, and I'd love to see more. Um, I heard a lot of great things about this movie she was in called The Deep Blue Sea. I okay. never did see that. It was a drama, that uh, romantic drama. Okay. Uh, I heard was good. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we love Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Need to see more, though. Yeah. Now, somebody else we need to see more of that I've always liked in yeah. this movie, John Hanna. Yeah. Wasn't as, he in, yeah, as the brother? He was in that one show. Spartacus. Um, it was Spartacus, yeah. And uh, then he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it says, although we never, you watched some of the first season. Of that, yeah, right? like one or two episodes. He doesn't know, does he? Yeah. Whole moment. <laughs> oh, and then Four Weddings and a Funeral, I guess. I haven't ever seen that. I, that's probably like kind of the biggest thing he's in other than this. Um, Yeah, he's great. Um, he's, I mean, that, great comic relief. Almost yeah. the uh, archetype for comic relief, right. I'd say, in these yeah. type of movies. Um, and we'll talk more about him throughout. Arnold Vosloo, I guess how you say that. Arnold Vosloo. Vosloo. Or Vosloo, yeah. or something like that. As Imatet. Um The only other thing I've seen him in memorably is Blood Diamond. Yeah. Or is it T-I-A? Yeah. This is Africa. Yeah, um, I do remember him in that. But, uh... He's good. I mean, yeah. uh, he has a lot he has to do in the movie, I think, where yeah. he's, uh, he actually is really pretty good. No, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and we can kind of talk about him throughout. But very funny performance, though, too. It's very kind of serious to the yeah. point where it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah he, but like you said, it's it's a randomly randomly challenging role in terms of, like, physically, too, in terms of some right. of the stuff oh, he's yeah. doing with his body. Got, uh, yeah. yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. I was doing a physical, yeah, yeah, whatever. Look it up. Um, so, Kevin J. O'Connor is Benny Gabor. One thing, and he's, by the way, a, what even is he? He's like this character in the movie that's kind of in the French Foreign Legion with Rick, and then he he's basically like this traveler-around type. He's a lot like the Ray Winstone character in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, kind of, which is... He's, he's basically just that. following the money. He's, but, he's, yeah. He has no real he's and He's kind of helping out the Americans. He's kind of the guide for the Americans, because he's also one of the only other people who's been to Hominoptera and lived. He doesn't live in his second, uh, his second visit. Um... Well, no, you know, another thing about him in this also is that he's Hungarian. I never realized that. So that's yet another Well, that's another, another thing, too, that's like, um, like, if we're talking about certain stereotypes or archetypes yeah. his character plays into, it's a role that if this was made in the 40s, Peter Lorre would have right. played this part yeah. um, in terms of this, like, kind yeah, of He's very greasy, much like the Casablanca-like like, you know, character of Peter yeah, Lorre. I mean, Nick, Rick, you must help me. Yeah. I mean, he's basically, <laughs> yeah, that's where he's at in this movie. Your strength gives me strength. Yeah, yeah I mean... Um, I am immune. Yeah. Well, so this is where yeah, we want to gonna... present this opportunity. Yeah. Um, that we've decided on this show, we want to create a sort of a ring of honor, a hall of fame, a way to commemorate those who are close to our hearts. Yeah. And so, for the very first kind of inaugural twentieth episode, on our twentieth episode, we are creating the immune and or the immunized yes. those who. We We've just gotten feel, the COVID vaccine. Well, that, I was actually thinking that they were doing this as COVID yeah, right. is seemingly here, at least in America, knock on wood, knock on Hopefully. metal, starting to wrap up a little bit. Maybe. Uh, kind of, sort of. How many more yeah. qualifiers can tell that? Know. But um, this actually has less to do with the literal right. immu- uh, yeah, that COVID-19 COVID is on the but, scene as right. Iggy Pop let us yeah, know. She's you know? 19, but she'll kill you. Yeah. yeah but but uh, look that up. <laughs> Biggie <laughs> Pop's COVID nineteen. Well, no, it's song. It's, uh, it's called uh, Dirty, Dirty Little, Little Virus. Dirty Little yes. Virus. Look it up. <laughs> Sleeping inside. Us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But uh, we just want to like create our own little Ring of Honor or yeah. Hall of Fame for those we just find to be very uh, important and very subtly people that we love. You know. Yeah, kings and queens. Kings and queens, yes. and there will be queens to and days maybe. Who knows? As well. Yeah. So, Kevin J O'Connor again. You know, we got to know him through this movie, especially. Yeah. Um, less than ten years later, of course, though he'd be in one of our another favorite movie of ours. Uh, there will be blood. Yeah, and um, then the master. Then the master. And then more recently, it was great to even see him pop up again. Widows. Yeah, uh, and he's really good. The little bit he's in that. There's yeah, that scene where he's getting beat up by. Um, Kaluuya, that's pretty, pretty. Well, he's like, and it's like, funny, you know, he's a guy in a wheelchair, sad, yeah, and he's yeah. like attacking and stabbing his legs, and he's paralyzed, and so he doesn't feel anything right. in the legs, and so, yeah, and it's like, it, it's one of those things in the movie where it makes you laugh, but then you're like, oh, I shouldn't be laughing at that. It's very, but yeah, we but, love Kevin yeah, J. He's O'Connor. Great. He's yeah. always just a really great character actor who pops up and stuff. And he's just so good in this movie. I think yeah. he is suddenly the best performance, and that might yeah. seem ridiculous, but I just think that. In terms of just embodying him and Frazier and Vice, I think are really all just kinda, this yeah, grimy, right slimy guy. You know, it's unfortunate that w- w- there were spinoffs and move- other movies made of this. Honestly, him and Benny, sh- or him 
and uh, John Hanna, uh, Jonathan should have had like a spinoff travel road. I would have loved to have seen you know, that. Like, uh, and they like hate each other, but they're having to help each right. other out too. That would have been good. That would have been good. That would have been maybe they like travel to Russia or something yeah. and like have to go to the Siberia or something. That would have been they get caught up in communism of the day. Yeah, like, yeah that would be uh, interesting. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Stalin pops up as a yeah. character. Uh, kind of like, like Hitler in Last Crusade. Right. You know, so That level of stupidity. But yeah. So, Kevin J. O'Connor, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. You are the very first entry into the immune and or the immunized. It is better to be the right hand of the devil than in his path. As long as I serve him, I am immune. Yeah. So, so congratulations. congratulations. We'll send you nothing in the mail. Yeah. We don't have your but address. We love you. Um. So Jonathan Hyde. Um. Oh, another Dr. hero. Alan Chamberlain. Nineties. Late nineties was like, his era. I don't know. We might have to put him in later. We can't put him in now because we can't have. Well, too many there's other opportunities yeah, that'll come but, up for him to um, be in. Of course, he's been in so many things. Uh, in the late 90s specifically. Richie in... Rich is kind of one of the other biggest things. Titanic. He's also in Titanic and Jumanji. I forgot he was in that. He's mm-hmm. the kind of like... Uh, he play, he specialized in a lot of these movies playing the like hoity-toity British guy, right. basically. Yeah. Even in Richie Rich, he's Cadbury. Uh, and he's, in the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. I forgot about He that. plays, you know, that yeah, part. Titanic. Or then like in Titanic, he's, oh, the ship can't sink this arrogant yeah. kind of guy who thinks he's above the fray. In this, of course, he plays kind of an uptight British know-it-all. Yeah. Um, but he was in that show, The Strain. Yeah. Uh, too. But yeah, he yeah he plays yeah that type of guy. What would a woman know? Yeah. Like, and then she immediately says yeah. way more than he knows. <laughs> like you know, it's very light, very lightly one of the greatest feminist moments in movies. Honestly, yeah. modern movies. Um. Yeah, he's great. Great death. Yeah. Uh, great. Great. Sieta. Great. Sieta. <laughs> yeah. Great performance. As you'll guess, we're going to be quoting the whole oh, movie yeah. the whole time. We quote I mean, this movie to each other all the time. Yeah. So um, this is one of those movies we can do that with. Yeah, um, Oded Fair, I guess they say that as Ardeth Bay. It's important to note that Ardeth Bay was the name that Emotep took in his human form in the original yeah. film. So that, in its own way, is a reference to that. And this, he's kind of the leader of the Magi who kind of look over the. Hominopter and make sure that Basically people trying don't, to keep white people don't away. loot it. Yeah, and don't loot it or uh, invoke the curse. He's really good. He's also in the And sequel. he kind of presents um, this like he's not quite on the surface good or bad. He's this right. other force that's a protector of this place. Yeah. And then, of course, he be- kind of befriends and becomes part of right. uh, Rick's gang, basically. And especially in the second movie, he just goes off. Yeah. And just like that movie, even more than this movie, just has so much gunplay in it. Like, yeah. the best sequence in that movie is the, where they go to the museum yeah. and they've got those Tommy guns and they're yeah. shooting everything. Yeah. And that's, yeah, he's good in this. He's really good. Um, Eric Avari. That always reminds me of George Harrison in this. Yeah, he does look like George. I've never thought about that, but now, yeah. yeah. Um, Eric Avari is Dr. Terrence Bay. He's also secretly in the Magi. It doesn't reveal that, though, until later. It says he's also in, a, in Independence Day. I don't remember him in that. Uh, offhand, I'm trying to think. Oh, is he some... Is he that... Wait, is he that guy that is like... No, that's not him, is it? trying to think he isn't that guy that's like jeff goldblum's boss is he no that's that rodney fire that firesting guy okay I remember, that's what i was saying because i didn't think they looked alike that much but i was trying to think of who he is in that let's see sorry we gotta figure this out 
Since he's city chief. Harvey Firestein's that boss is what you're Oh, okay. Yeah. He kinda right. looks alike they kinda look alike in that in that movie anyway. He's some some guy in the background. Looks like he was uncredited, supposedly. I uh, think it's like when I'm I'm taking a yeah. swing at this. I think when they're like communicating with the other nations of like this is how we're gonna attack the aliens, he's vaguely Middle Eastern yeah, guy okay. or something, I think. Um but yeah, he's good in this. He's only in a little bit. Great, great death. He's like go and has that yeah. like sword and like yeah. Uh, he plays exasperation um, really yeah, well. Yeah, because early on, sons of the pharaohs, mm. give me frogs, Fry, flies, locusts, locus, anything but, but you. you. Compared you, to the other plagues, you're a joy or they're a joy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, when Ramses destroyed Syria, that was an accident. You are a catastrophe. Look at my library. Why do I why, put up with why you? Why do I put up with you? Know, you? By the way, I was thinking about that line last night of when Ramses destroyed Syria, that was an accident. That's like saying when Michael Cimino bankrupted United Artists, <laughs> that was an accident. It's like you know. Uh, but anyway, totally great. Um, yeah. Stephen Dunham is Isaac. Henderson. There's kind of these American, American guys that yeah. kind of run together, right? Um, and then Corey Johnson is another one. He's kind of. My favorite guy. Sucking them dry, that's how. Yeah, I think that he, guy. wasn't that guy also in... Uh, 1993. Born Ultimatum, Captain Phillip. Yeah, it looks like he's in a lot of Paul Greengrass stuff. Ex yeah. Machina. I forgot he was in Ex Machina. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, And then... There's only like three people other usually guy, remember in Ex Machina. Tuck Watkins. He's the guy that... Uh, Tuck and please, tonsils please taking out. forgive me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah they're, they're all good enough. They're very goofy yeah it's i always actually like a lot of people don't like this i like seeing goofy americans in things because it makes you think about and this was an american movie but it makes you think about how we but most of our main as, characters aren't americans right. they're british yeah uh, so it's yeah. americans yeah. i mean you know um oh god <laughs> the jolly is warden gad hassan he's other than Benny, my favorite thing in this movie. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, that moment earlier, I'm a very lonely man. And, uh, and of course, the, yeah, loosen the knot and let you know, me see, go. You know, see, in the, uh, uh, if they did the um, Benny and um, Jonathan spinoff, he would have been at the very end, the Barbosa reveal, like in like Men's Chest. Like, why did we need to know that he And then he's going to be in the sequel of yeah. the, the, that franchise. But that he has a, a scarab in his brain. Yeah. And it's like... A, a, and so yeah. the, then they send him messages that he just like... Yeah. It's just like they, that he pops and into. he's like, ah! Yeah. Um, he's great. Another, some other things he's in, he he does a, some voice work. Bout of Gay uh, Tony. The Bout of Gay GTA Tony, the GTA 4. game. And then he's also... That like real hoity-toity cat, other cat character in Over the Hedge randomly because I rewatched that here recently and I was like, oh, that's Oma Dejali's in that, yeah, um, yeah, he's he's one of the best. Things I'm glad that something movie. came out of rewatching Over the Hedge. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, not that, not that much, bad, but yeah. Aaron Apale, who is uh, the Pharaoh Emotep, my son, or yeah. whatever he says, yeah. Um, Which we want to talk about. I want to talk about some logical things with that moment later when we get to the movie. Yeah. He's only at the beginning. He's he's in the flat, the like introduction kind of prologue. Um, Bernard Fox. He's, oh Lord, yeah. I'm coming, laddies! As the yeah. uh, Captain Winston Havelock. Um, yeah, he's basically he represents the, just like uh, Britain yeah. of the 19th century. Just yeah. like oh, I'm of this great imperial right. uh, kind of breed, post World War One type. Yeah. But he would have been older than that. But yeah, yeah that 
he basically sits around the bar in Cairo and drinks all day. And then they're like, we need somebody to fly us. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then yeah. goes he knows down Rick, with the ship. I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then Patricia Velasquez is an ox and a moon. She has a little bit of a bigger role in the second movie um, as this uh, um, other character. But she's the uh, original incarnation right. of an, an ox and a moon. She's good. Um. Okay. So that's so. What, what was the box office and budget um, for this? I know it made more than you know. Budget obviously. eighty million. It made uh four hundred sixteen point four million. That's a good return. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it made it made its money. Uh, of course, Stephen Summers. It should be said. Well, we haven't uh, really said anything about him. Well, there's not an awful lot to say. I hate to say he kind of he made some of these movies. He made the Van Helsing movie, which he, kind of um, is owed to the success of this. They were attempting to do this whole oh, he action had, horror. I wasn't reboot, aware but... he had made the Adventures of Huck Finn uh, with yeah. Elijah Wood, Courtney B. Vance, Jason Robards, and Robbie Coltrane. That sounds interesting. I've never really I've even heard seen that. that yeah. Um, and then uh, he made a version of the Jungle Book, uh, Deep Rising, uh, GI Joe, GI Joe: The Rise of This Cobra. is by far though the movies I feel like that have really yeah stuck right. with the um, and uh, Jerry Goldsmith did the score, very memorable score, of course. Um, it's a Universal movie. And so again, I I just want to touch on. What a big deal this movie was to yeah. a great many of us growing up. It is kind of this generational touchstone. Yeah. Um, and again, and we mentioned this a little bit in the past, this really, we had no idea. It's one of those things, you have no idea how blessed you are until after the fact, and you look back and go, oh, wow, what a cool time that was. How in vogue in the 90s, and even going into the early 2000s a little bit, it was for these kind of big-budget, um, period, action-adventure films. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I said this last week too. I think probably, loosely speaking, you can trace the strain of this back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. I think, with those movies in the 80s. But then in the 90s, again, you get a great many of these other movies that are trying to be this kind of a pulpy, serial-inspired adventure storytelling that, of right. course, are period movies. Um the Rocketeer, the Phantom, the Phantom, the Spirit. Some of those are like the Spirit and the Phantom are directly inspired by comic book strips, comic book strips, yeah. or comic magazines or pulpy magazines right. of the 30s and 40s. Um, and some of those things are themselves pulling from Batman. I think a little yeah. bit in terms of that as a superhero right. movie that those franchises. Yeah. Um, you know, the cream of the crop for me is uh, Mask of Zorro. Yeah, that is unimpeachable. That movie yeah. and this, I grew up watching ad nauseum and uh, still deeply love. And I think this is pretty good, has some holes. We rewatched uh, Mask of Zorro not all that long yeah. ago. That's almost a perfect movie. No, yeah, I mean, top to bottom. I mean, I mean everything about it. It's, it's it's not one man did Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's yeah. quotable. Yeah. It's just... Uh, also, it's withholding of Zorro is yeah. uh, uh, Antonio Banderas as Zorro. How late in the movie it is, and you don't care yeah. because the the movie's just so good. And he well, has and all these it other starts things as Hopkins and yeah. Hopkins, and and it, it's a very typical like new generation story. But I think that's one of the better ones. And like you said, yeah, Antonio Banderas I think is really good in pretty much everything, but especially that movie. He really carries it. To a point where, like you said, it's kind of what we were waiting for. Nobody stuff's like Jack and all that yeah. stuff that well, happens before Well, I was going to say, and, you're waiting, you but, know, but you but don't you're realize. But you a good time. But yeah. honestly, you don't care. And a yeah. lot of these movies are, it's like, it's trying to get the characters in, trying to do a first movie of a 
what seems might could be your franchise. Right. The origin story is all about trying to get him as quickly into the costume as possible. And you're having just so much fun, you don't even really think about it. Yeah. You're just, oh, it's just, this is what how long it's right. taken, you know. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins, I think, is, you yeah. know, pretty... Catherine Zeta-Jones is great. Sure, so um, it's just yeah. a really fun movie. And, again, what I love about these movies, the, like you were talking about how this inspired yeah. you to be more interested in ancient Egypt in yeah. its own way, in this time, even in the 1920s, mm-hmm. this yeah. Era, oh, yeah, time yeah. period. Yeah. That was the Mask of Zorro was just a huge education to me in terms of just like uh like Spanish Mexico and Spanish California and Spanish California yeah. and like how America was going further west and hadn't quite really taken control of California yet. All those kind of that the like early to mid eight nineteenth century stuff I just didn't know about and I that was the first time I really took all that in and so that's what's really lost to me on we can, we've complained about modern movies all the time. We will continue to. Yeah. Really lost on modern movies is they don't have this uh, little, like, kind of, they don't feel like these little pocket uh, guidebooks to world, historical world history yeah. or history, you know, yeah. or just the uh, around the world, you know, telling you about well, this they, or that. Right. And they often inject supernatural things into them. Zorro doesn't really do no, that, which I think all. is interesting about that. But it, there's still so much history baked into that, and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks that uh, we don't. So, do that where anymore. do you think the mummy fits into this kind of? Tradition? I think it's up there. I mean, and I haven't seen as like I've seen the Phantom, I've seen Mask of Zorro. This I've seen. Uh, what's some other ones we had said? I haven't seen the Shadow. I haven't seen the Spirit. Um, I've I've seen Dick Tracy. That movie's awful. Dick Tracy um, is. It's, I kind of love that's it, kind of a, but it's that's yeah. a, Dick Tracy's such a bizarre movie. And again, I'm a Warren Beatty devotee yeah. to the bitter end. Um, and I'll like that that movie exists yeah. in its own way, but it is definitely something. Yeah, you know that. Uh, I'm not sure. It's right. Uh, another random movie too you could throw into this even is the Last of the Mohicans. I think it's yeah. kind of this adventure. Well, that would be one of the best uh, drama too. Maybe know? even the best. I don't know um, that or Mask of Zorro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is up there. But there are a lot of those though that like I haven't seen The Rocketeer. Or, this is even a little later. But Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. I haven't seen all of that. But the yeah, there's so many of these movies that got made around that time that it really was the time of the adventure movie, and that's the thing that people would get they wouldn't understand frankly now it's just like well they have all these marvel movies and there's all this action in them it's like yeah but they don't have the sense of first of all history or stakes really um oh they have stakes about the end of the universe but it's like that's so big it's frankly boring it's like you know whatever you do have um, i guess like the captain america movies the first one is like set in the now World that War II is era, now like, that is more of a stock adventure movie i do like i do like that that is that but yeah we kind of lost that and that was even before these movies in the 2000s you didn't really have movies like that well i think really the pirates were the last gasp of those type of movies right um so why we were randomly cited for jungle cruise yeah because it's a version of that i mean yeah you know um i just eat this stuff up i mean i love it It, it, as as, as people who love history and who love action adventure storytelling that's just like the best of both worlds yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Especially, and it's so, and this movie's so funny. It, it just has an energy that. And what's particular know, about great. this movie, and one of the topics we wanted to discuss is this whole idea of combining action and horror together. Yeah. You don't see that very often. No. I think that's a very difficult line to 
hit on. Uh, My Edgar Wright kind of does that Did you see sometimes. Van Helsing? No, not all of it. Uh, I remember seeing that when it came out. And it was. I remember being a big fan of this. I was like, oh, it's going to be another version of that. And it even said uh, that was around the time I started to barely pay attention to director's names. And it was like, from the director of The Mummy. And I was like, oh, well, I love The Mummy. Then yeah. I love that. And that's a good example of... Um, the wrong impulses. In some ways, it's getting us closer to what became as far as, quote, teaming up and, oh, you got all these big characters right. and it's like a team-up movie and it's like trying too hard as opposed to investing in the characters that you have. Right. That's what this movie does. That's yeah. what many of these other great examples of this, like right. uh, Mask of Zorro does, yeah. um, is that they really invest in the characters in their own way. And again, we're, we're not talking Shakespeare here, um, but in terms of just kind of crackerjack storytelling popcorn movies these are just run really smoothly they don't try too hard there was some sequels made to these which i will touch on here in a little bit but it doesn't feel like it's laying groundwork for sequels yeah. it's using everything that it has and remember that era barely yeah. when and even like, the second movie doesn't feel like it's doing anything but a continuation it wasn't setting up for tomb of the dragon emperor sure. Yeah, and that isn't setting up for anything either that I but remember. That, but so. this whole like horror um, action combination is a very particular one that I think, weirdly, it's the ingredients got to be just right for it. But when it hits, it it's a very distinct kind of yeah. peanut butter and chocolate because I'm feeling. Try, I was trying to think a different version of this. I said it a moment ago. You have some of the Edgar Wright films like Shaun of the the kind of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, World's End all have versions of that. The biggest version of this is zombie movies. I, I feel like, so, yeah. like uh, I'm not going to act like anything other than George Romero zombie movies exist because none do. I don't. I'm not aware of any. You know, <laughs> I'm assuming 28 Days Later is that too. That's I haven't supposedly seen that, good. But, I, we haven't um, seen that. Danny Boyle. Uh, and then like from Dust Till Dawn, the uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez film is an action horror movie sort of. Um, so there are versions of that sort of thing, but it, like you said, it doesn't happen that often. Uh, some of the James Gunn films also slither and uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's a very particular thing that usually, and in this case, it's more of an action movie no, than yeah, it's a it horror is. movie. Um, it's Like we said about horror action. comedy, it's usually one or the other. It's either a comedy or it's a horror movie. It's not really, you it's know, either. Kind of like Beetlejuice is like a movie I love so much, and I'm like, yeah, it, I guess it's kind of a horror movie. But it's more just kind of a weird comp, supernatural yeah. comedy about about paranormal. It's like not necessarily. Maybe a one day movie. we'll uh, get around to having that conversation. I'm sure, we will. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, like you said, it's very rare, but it actually happens here and there. But uh, even zombie movies aren't. Like I said, it depends on the movie, but. They can definitely be action movies, and often they are, but it kind of depends. So on what do we think about the impulse to make this a franchise? Obviously, as we saw, that it made all this money, and so naturally, you make money. We know what Hollywood's going to do. They're going to make a franchise out of it. Yeah. I have not seen um, The Mummy Returns in a little while now, uh, but we grew up watching yeah. that quite a bit as well. Uh, I rewatched that a couple years ago with a friend of mine in college, and it's it's not it's not very good. Um, we He said this, and it's true. My friend, uh, dear friend Ryan, he said, uh, it's all good until the dirigible showed up. <laughs> Where there's that character who has that dirigible well, Which thing. I love that guy, though. Oh, yeah, but but he was right in saying that the we movie totally switched gears. And here. it, like, uh, 
the movie totally switches gears and kind of goes in this whole other direction that's really stupid. But uh, but the first half is like really great and action. There's, I, um, this is a chance for but, me to mention this too. I was wondering when I was going to get to it. I, I'll yeah. just do it now. There's a really awesome Facebook page um, yeah. called Memotep. Yeah. Uh, Memotep's Mummy Memes. Memotep's Mummy Memes. That I really, if you're a fan of this movie, I'd recommend you go watch every day. Yeah. Dozens, dozens of posts are made. Yeah. That are all about this movie, and a lot of them are like taking shots at the Tom Cruise right. mummy movie. Yeah. Is it's lesser than? Yeah. And it's it's I'll say this. I think it's actually a weirdly wildly creative. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty place. good. Yeah. And the variety of memes that they come up with, and the variety of the specificity of them yeah. are very weird. It's for, like you put one on Instagram just yesterday about it's the that, Anakin. It's the an, if you're aware, there's been this Anakin. And I hate memes, but anyway, I, I've talked about this before. But this is actually kind of a funny meme where it's like. Anakin says something, and then Padme's like, yeah, but this, right? And then it cuts back to his face, and then she's like, but this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this one, it was like... From episode uh, two, by the way. Any last requests. Yeah. And it shows the picture of Rick O'Connell like in the noose early in the movie. He's like, loosen the knot and let me go. And then it just shows... His face looking at him and his face looking again. <laughs> really funny. But yeah, that oh yeah, they're really But I would recommend you um, yeah. go to that page if you're interested in the mummy movies or just want a good laugh. They're really right. funny. Yeah. I, and they are good. Um yeah. Fire Walk with Memes used to be yeah, really on the ball they, in terms of posting a lot of stuff. I think it's just the fact that that's kind of dried up a little bit, yeah. but this is still pretty new and I think it'll I think it'll stay. For uh, Levi, while. as he said, he despises memes. I'm a little more agnostic on certain things. I do think are no. Funny, I mean, there are, like, there are funny memes, but I, what I don't like internet is humor. Internet humor is pretty stupid, but also on Twitter, when a meme happens, everybody does one, and it goes on for a week, and then a new one. It's just this cycle of continuous crap that just happens, and everybody thinks they're so funny, and it's like. Everybody's doing this. There's nothing funny about unless you're like Eric Allen Hatch right. or He's something. The king, yeah. He and he usually takes the memes and does the he does the possession that right. movie possession or like uh, John Waters meme or so. He always takes it and does this other thing with it that is well, again. He's the king. Yeah, I think. But anyway, so. Yeah. Uh. Where are we at here? We have well, our just the well again. You've seen the third movie. Yes, I've not seen that. Impressions, uh, totally forgettable. It should be said that was like a good six years after, yeah. right? About well, and, and I like the fact that they tried to do like a Chinese ancient civilization thing, but it, it's just very unmemorable. I'd like to rewatch it because I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater and then haven't seen it since. So another thing is too, I had totally forgot. I, about this until we were doing some research about going into this movie, thinking about it. Yeah. Um, the animated TV show that was made, I remember yeah. seeing some episodes of that. Um, another thing, too, this movie inspired a Game Boy Color game, and I remember playing that a lot. Yeah. And thinking it was good at the time, I just on, went on Facebook and went back and rewatched some playthroughs of it. Uh, the graphics, that's a whole other thing, whatever. But the movie, it's, or the game itself, just looked pretty bad and mediocre. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, wow, okay. And so that... I had forgotten about that, too, because I remember that. we had a Game Board Color, yeah. I want to say, though, the theme park ride at Universal Studios is pretty fun. Um, I like that quite a bit. I've ridden that several times yeah. when I've been there. What's cool about that is, as you're walking up to the ride, 
Um, there's like this kind of faux interview with Brendan Fraser you're watching yeah. clips of yeah. as Brendan Fraser, not as right. like Rick O'Connell. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, you see him again. And I remember a few instances, this goes back to why everybody loves Brendan Fraser, that when I was waiting in line for that, people were actively watching and laughing at all the lines and yeah. kind of paying attention to it. And then you go through the whole ride, and the ride's like, um, we were. I was rewatching yeah. a uh, ride. Somebody videotaped themselves going through it, and it doesn't look nearly as intense in that video. Like those, all that yeah. does. Does it doesn't feel nearly as, look as nearly as intense as the ride feels. But I saw somebody going through it again, and I was remembering it. And again, it's a really good, fun ride that I think is indicative of this movie feeling like a ride of sorts. And then at the very end, when Brendan Fraser comes back and is like uh, doing the last little bit as the ride ends, I remember the instances I, I wrote it and people laughing and cheering just seeing him. Yeah. And again, I think that just speaks to his, you know, very specific movie stardom that people fell in love with with this movie and other movies as well. Right. So uh, the ride's really fun yeah. if you're ever in Universal. Yeah. There were rumors yeah. they were going to close it maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's actually going to well, happen While or you're not. looking that up, um, I, there's one thing but, I want to say here about uh, the, the way that it talks about the ride, you can like go. There's a Wikipedia page for the ride. Yeah, and I was gonna read. Yeah, because at the end of that, it like goes back to him, and it's it. I'm gonna read this. What it mm -hmm. says: the passengers travel. This is at the end of the ride. Uh, the passengers travel through a tunnel of flickering lights with a screen in front of them. Rick O'Connell is portrayed by Brendan Fraser. Appeal. Well, it was an interview, like you said. Hey, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed yourself. I would have enjoyed this interview a lot more if I had gotten my cup of coffee. <laughs> so, and then this is my favorite part is the way it describes this. Suddenly, a cape passes over the screen and Emotep's arm offers Fraser a cup of coffee. As Fraser screams and falls back in his chair, the screen fades to black while riders hear Emotep roaring over Fraser's screams, ending the ride. Riders are then directed to exit through an actual unload station. At the exit of the ride, riders see a missing persons poster with a picture of Reggie on it. I don't know who Reggie was. but um, Actually, I'm not seeing anything about that. I think I just heard rumors. Oh, he was a crew member. Okay. But. You know what scares me, though, about Universal? And I'll actually, well, let's just say this. Let's put yeah. it out there. Universal movie, uh, Universal Studios is a theme park experience better than Disney World. Yeah, Let's just is. say that. Yeah. I know a lot of people get offended by that, and most people who would who haven't would. even been to Universal, so I don't whatever. Know why they would get offended, um, but why we care. But why would as they far care as about if you really love that, movies, yeah. if you love movies, not just necessarily yeah. the Disney brand, which I'm agnostic on, Yeah. Uh, then I just think Universal is the better yeah. theme park. What scares me, though, is that, like, and this is just indicative yeah. of all theme parks, is things get replaced in these things. The Jaws ride got replaced mm -hmm. for more Harry Potter stuff, which the Harry Potter stuff, world class. Oh, yeah. No, Brilliant. it's amazing. I mean, as yeah. Harry Potter fans, yeah. we were floored by yeah. how well that's done. But we're talking about Jaws here. Yeah. Jaws is one of the fundamental movies, uh, the fundamental movie of the Universal's studio's lifespan yeah and the fact that they would get rid of that and that's a fun little ride itself uh, when I, I was happy I was lucky enough to ride it they got rid of it now yeah it's very sick and disgusting to me I'll be honest yeah. uh, that they would get rid of that in favor of oh more but you know what's funny stuff. is they still have the picture of you know how where you go there and you go to parking there yeah. and they have the signs that dictate <laughs> like it's so you can remember I'm in the ET section or I'm in the King Kong section. They still have the Jaws section there, but it's like you don't have the Jaws ride anymore. 
Now that just shows they're lazy and don't want to change yeah. the pictures out. But like, and they got like yeah. Harry, uh, Spider-Man right. and all those. Yeah, because you know, they have Marvel. the whole Islands of Adventure area. Yeah, love Universal, but yeah, that's a shame. And that, that would be really. And so I'm just so really I'm scared, scared about the mummy, mummy one will changed. probably get yeah. changed too eventually. Yeah. But anyways, go to Universal if you've never been. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Like I said, so. I guess the next thing we're going to talk about, we're getting kind of close to the end here for our intro, but the kind of remake stuff. What do you have, what do you have to say about that? Just in well, general. Well, again, just... Um, this and other ones. We're we going kind to talk, of talk about that already yeah, specifically with this movie. Remakes um, are a tricky thing because it's weird to even call this movie exactly a remake because, like we said, it's it's almost a fundamentally different type of movie. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of taking some basic names and some basic archetypal elements and saying, well, we're going to totally do this other thing now. Um, and I think that's sometimes the way to go with remakes. I think remakes that try to just simply trace in what came before it are usually some of the most unsuccessful ones. But yeah. ones that usually kind of take it, rework the form, and say, well, we're going to do this with it or this different or that different. Yeah. As different as possible, honestly, is better, I think. Yeah. And that you're using a um, a brand identification yeah. to do something else. I think yeah. it's oftentimes the best thing to do. And sadly, people, most remakes are too scared to do something like that. And as we saw in the, you know, uh, reviews and there's people that we even know we won't name that feel this way about oh it it wasn't like the original 1932 movie or oh it wasn't you know uh faithful of that i'll say it as a big fan of those original you know types of movie or no well still i'd still call myself a fan of the universal monster movies this is a better movie than that is um and it's mainly because it accomplishes pretty much everything that movie does but with action and more charisma. Now it's a totally different movie. I mean, these movies were made nearly six, you know, over sixty years, nearly seventy years apart. I mean, what can be similar about them? Really? And um, cinema is still a relatively new art form. Yeah. And by thirty-two, it was still feet wet. I mean, right, was... and I, and that's fine. But it's like uh, the fact people even are comparing it, I think, is kind of useless in a way. And we we kind of did that earlier, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that this is one of the most successful remakes I can think of as far as that. Well, uh, it launched this whole other identity of right. what the, quote, franchise yeah. of this is, you know. And and I get it, you know. There's a lot of people who are like, well, people need to be, you know, Joe Dante says it all the time, he's not wrong. It's like, kids don't like watching black and white. And he, of course, said, you know, F them if they don't want to watch black and white. He said that one time. And it's like, yeah, I mean, but it's like, but that this movie shouldn't have to bear the burden of that. It's a new movie. It's wanting to do its own thing. And if people haven't seen that original one, well, maybe this will make them go see it. It would be interesting to me, actually, to see people who don't really like older movies and they love this, to go watch that. And they are going to be so underwhelmed by it. And I'm not saying they're right to even be that way, but it's like, well, I mean, but even still, it's a pretty underwhelming movie, even in its own way, um, yeah. honestly. So... And I say this as somebody who used to really love that movie and beat the drum for it, and I still do in my own way, but it's like, I mean, but this is better, so I don't know. But anyway, as far, and it's been remade again. Um, but, you know, and frankly, I'll randomly go here. This says that this has been, the whole mummy idea has been subtly remade multiple times. I literally watched yesterday for the first time Black Sunday, the Mario Baba Italian film. It's not technically a giallo or giallo film because it's kind of a progenitor of that but 
that that movie you had seen that before some years yeah. ago, but I watched it for the first time yesterday. I'm yawning. Uh, yeah, I would say it's a coincidence, <laughs> but I don't know yeah. if it is. Um, as you your review of that movie, I'm gonna find is literally the best thing that anybody could ever say about it. Um, is very simple. I don't even remember what I you said. You said an immaculate rendering of inert material. Um, it's I mean it's a really well made movie great looking but literally the story is literally about by the way she's a vampire witch barbara still in the movie so like, couldn't she have been a vampire or a witch did she have to be both um but yeah. anyway that she it's kind of like that whole uh i married uh, i was i married a witch that 40s movie it's kind of like that but basically that it's like oh this uh this witch was killed and burned to the stake, and but she's resurrected every every hundred years or whatever. It's like two hundred years later or something. And anyway, but it's basically old. Oh, there's this version of her that looks the same, yeah. another Barbara Steele, and oh, she's wanting to like suck in her life force. It's literally the mummy again, yeah. basically of that of that time. This was made in like 1960, so it's like way before this. But and that and a lot of people think that's like one of the best horror movies ever made, which I think is just interesting. I mean, it's a really yeah, no, well made. I mean, that's movie. a really well regarded movie. And yeah. so there's probably some people listening to this thinking, "What y'all just are not accepting that as this great thing?" Yeah. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by it myself. Yeah. No, and I was too, and I I liked it. I thought it was okay, but but I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, whatever." And I thought I and I I was frankly bored by, it. and I'm not easily bored. Yeah. So, so anyway. to that end of what you're saying, do you yeah. think sometimes the point of remakes are to take seemingly universal, universal stories or ideas and then kind of just update them accordingly? That doesn't mean even totally the modern day, but saying how can we, quote, hit refresh on this. Yeah. The, um, I think the Star is Born franchise, if you want to call it that, is a version of this yeah, happening. Of consistently. You have the 30s one, yeah. the 50s one, which is nearly the best one. The 70s one, which I was frankly bored by, which is incredibly strange because I love uh, Christopherson. I like Streisand. I love 70s movies. And then the newest one with Cooper and Gaga, which I think is the best one, uh, that it's like a basic idea, but then every so many years, it's like, all right, let's do the new version of that. Do you think that's kind of what remakes should serve as a model for certain types of stories? Certain things, I think, yeah. Um, Like I said, in this case, I think it's more of just a different style of movie with The Mummy. Um, With stuff like that, I think it's good to remake that, like you said, that type of thing. And as much as we bemoan the remakes that have been made out of these Disney movies, um, take out of outside the fact that they've already been made into these Disney movies, those stories are all these like old fairy tales. That I think is worth remaking every so many years because like you said, it's not necessarily even an update in the time period or the story, but it's just like reintroducing these ideas to people, which ultimately is what, yeah, these new generations, which ultimately what the mummy 1999 did, like I said, for the mummy movie and, and ancient Egypt and all those things. So I think that's the best of what a remake can do other than just totally being great in its own way and changing different things. But So now what you're saying is we need to fly the fly for the Snapchat generation. It's like we need to update the fly. Well, that's again. been remade enough times. Yeah. And, of course, they're doing all these new versions of this, like um, The Invisible Man, which we already talked about some. Where are you? Show yourself! 
Surprise. Which um, you know, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think some people were probably thrown by it because it's not the same type of Invisible Man of the Claude Rains uh, tradition that we uh, did a podcast on. Yeah. Uh, or you know, and so oh, no. by the way, we're uh, consistently pissed off that well, people didn't listen. Well, go listen to it. You know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. But um, then there was the Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie that yeah. came out some years ago that we yeah. love Benicio, but yeah, we, we haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. Uh-huh. And but there are apparently is going to be a new Wolfman movie with Ryan Gosling, a uh, friend of the pod. Yeah, uh, he's, he has no idea he's we like, exist. who are y'all. Uh, love, I mean, we're talking love. about dead man's bones. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, but I love Ryan Gosling, anyways. But so, but um, <laughs> that you know, there's gonna. Bone, I yeah. think that I think what Universal's trying to do now that they've kind of hopefully, fingers crossed, figured out that hey, we don't need to make this kind of shared universe exactly, but that instead we can kind of do a movie-to-movie story, series of stories. Um, And I think, too, that this Ryan Gosling iteration was apparently inspired partially by, I believe uh, I'd heard... Uh, Nightcrawler, the Jake Gyllenhaal oh, movie. That's gonna, gonna be wolf- something. I like could see that. that being like a Wolfman version of that. So yeah. hopefully, you know, that's what we see with these different things. Is this? Yeah. Let's not try to build some big shared universe. Let's just take it movie to movie and try to reinvent in quotes these monsters right. for new generations. You know? Yeah, and we're cynical about a lot of things in Hollywood as we should. But who knows? Some of those could be good. Invisible yeah. Man was good. Oh yeah. So no, I and. It wasn't like the best thing ever, nothing, but it it was impressive. Uh, the most important thing about it was that it was like, let's take that almost metaphorically and about the me, kind of Me Too uh, generation of that type of thing. And it, it's very, I mean, Elizabeth Moss is great. Well, that's the thing. And, it's mostly Elizabeth Moss right. reacting to things. Yeah. You, uh, one of our best actors or actresses, doesn't matter, actors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, put her in something yeah. and let her react to things. And then like Chloe that. Zhao is going to be doing that. What was Dracula, Dracula sci-fi. Yeah. What, I'm. I really want to see whatever that is because, I mean, of course, we loved, uh, you know, Nomadland, and I, yeah, I really want to see what that's going to be. So, um, but anyway, so you probably don't need to have this answer for <laughs> yeah. it, but we'll just say anymore. Why are we doing this movie? We love it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you should see it. <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody. Everybody loves it, so it's like, except for certain well, people. Well, I wanted to yeah. hear briefly talk about some of these critical responses that yeah. we read. We'll talk about that, and then um, we'll move on. Roger to Ebert gave it two out of four stars, which is fair. No, I thought he gave it three. Three out of four. Yeah, oh, he no, did. he did. Yeah. I was thinking he was of saying, him. No, no, I was thinking of his Clue, clue review he yeah, did last week. Yeah, he gave it three out of four. Because he, he had a whole yeah. air of like, you know, like... Like he felt bad that he loved it. I know this isn't great, yeah. but like, um, I just had a lot of fun with it, and I just love adventure movies. Sue me. And he was like, talking about why? Anaconda, too, for a while. Yeah, was like, <laughs> he was talking about a lot of real trashy and Congo 90s and, movies. Yeah. Uh, Stop eating my sesame cake! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen that movie, by the way. No, we've but... not seen it a lot of times. But, um, but he kind of had this guilty pleasure aspect to it. Yeah. That now, the New York Times review just outright infuriated oh, yeah. me. That because, pissed me off, too. Um, I, I don't know. It was... Uh, Stephen Holden, I think, wrote that. It said the whole. Yeah. He kept saying over and over again, "Oh, it's a parody. It's, it's a not a parody." Or a, um, as Joe Biden would say, par- "It's not kidding around or a spoof here." Or like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like no, it's this not is, a joke. Like, 
It's a real thing. It, it's sit down. It's real. You should listen. You know, as in Jerry Maguire. <laughs> but it's, like, it's real. You should say something. Yeah, or that. That's yeah, it, yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, and so one thing that, and so we can just look at these reviews and say, well, they just didn't quote get it. Right. But I was telling you this. One thing that lightly scares me about reading reviews like that is that all the things we say about modern movies are only going to be seen through that lens years mm-hmm. later. Sometimes yeah. I wonder. Because ultimately, optimism wins the day in the sense of like, oh, it's big and fun, and people had fun with it. So what? Like the it's fact that people good. still talk about love story now. Yeah, it, I'm sorry, or whatever yeah. the hell that is. Uh, yeah, that that people are like, oh yeah, that was a big movie, and everybody knows that movie's not good. I mean, I haven't seen it, but yeah. that's what I've heard. You know, so yeah. I, maybe it is. I don't know, but but frankly, uh, you know. Ryan O'Neill and uh, Ali McGraw, I'm not, it was like, no, anyway. So, yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, we're not going to But it's just one of those things, yeah. like a lot of, it's just a good reminder to read some of these reviews that, uh, you know, we're a generation of people who grew up with this movie, so yeah. we have a distinct idea about it. But even so, there's a lot of people who don't like something, and uh, years later, once the critical consensus starts to change, so too does people's views of things, and so that is very much going to be the case for certain things now today. But I would Space Jam too. is still garbage because it was. Like I really happened. do wonder though, the kids who especially, yeah, because I mean we were raised on, I was raised on Space Jam, and I wasn't. And it didn't take it, me long to figure out as yeah. a kid this is stupid and yeah. um, garbage, as you said. Yeah. Uh, but I really do wonder though about the generation of kids today, and this, you know, I feel like we've been doing a three part. Um, complaint about disney the last three episodes (laughs) in various ways so let this be the conclusion of sorts to that uh we'll get back to it in future episodes it won't take long i'm sure um i do really wonder though about the generation of kids who are raised on these live action remakes of things yeah and of course now with disney plus i guess it's interesting that it's more that like those older movies on animated are a lot like fantasia's on there yeah that's how i first saw van I feel stupid, but well, I've se- I had seen Fantasia years ago, but I hadn't seen it in in full length in a long, long time. And I rewatched it, and I was just like, "This is just one of the best movies I've ever seen." And that that's just freely available for anybody to watch on Disney Plus. I mean, that sounds stupid because it's that way with everything with streaming now. But that kids can see that, you know, at very and that's not going to be something a lot of kids would care about, frankly, because you know. But that movie was a massive deal. And still is, really. I mean, you think about how old that movie is, and and it's that good. So, yeah, like you're saying, that's all available for them to see. The streamer. But will they, if they've got these live-action versions of that? Well, live-action Lion King, it's like there's no human beings in it. Yeah, so, that's another like, thing, too, is seeing, quote, live-action, but there's yeah. so much CGI, that's a misnomer to call it that. Yeah. And, again, there is some CGI in this, but this is in 99, yeah. so, like, the early two thousands was when things you see yeah in it. yeah so, so uh, what do you yeah. let's just say this before we really uh we'll, we're gonna watch the vhs intro here and say what do you think of just the whole idea of the sand face just like as a thing well then there's the water face too well i was I gonna say in the sequel that. that is the biggest aping of a thing i've ever seen in a movie it's like well the sand face looked cool. Let's do a water face. That's just <laughs> my so, favorite like, moment of it is when he's like smiling with his eyes closed, and it's like, does that yeah. weird move up? There's something I goofy about it, but it's it's also uh, feels big, you know. And I uh, think it's both incredibly stupid and incredibly epic in the same yeah, moment. Right. So epic. So but, that, I mean, yeah, that sums like, up the movie in some yeah. way. I mean, the movie. I don't no, think the movie's that the movie's stupid. Good. No, but. but 
is something. Now, do you remember your first time seeing this movie? Exactly. Uh, no, because we had the VHS. Right. Um, and I mean, this is one of those movies we've talked about it so many times about how there's those movies you saw me in times when you were young, and this was one of those for us, especially me. Uh, yeah, and, it was to an extent, but I actually do. Yeah, you, you uh, remember, remember seeing, seeing it, right? this for the first time because I remember when this came out in the it was the summer of ninety nine, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, yeah, it was May. I think it was because yeah, I think one of the things said that like this movie needs to make all the move, money it can before episode one comes yeah, out. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that was another thing we talked about last week. Is oh, an actual competition between movie between that and a Star Wars movie that that would even yeah. happen. Like, now it's like Star Wars wins. Goodbye, whatever other movies are. Well, on, even like, in '99, you know. that was going to be the highest grossing yeah, movie of the right, year, obviously, and that yeah. was a whole event. Right. I remember very well as a kid all that. But, um, in fact, I want to see where this was. Go, go ahead and talk about. Well, it. I was just going to say I do distinctly remember when this was coming out, and I was like, "Oh, this '99, uh, of course, was one of the great yeah. years in film." Uh, a lot of great movies that maybe wouldn't be the top grossing movies. Well, let's this was number we're... six. So the movies there, Phantom Menace number one, The Sixth Sense, because that's randomly I think technically the highest grossing horror movie of all time if you want to count that as a horror movie. Toy Story two, The Matrix, Tarzan, The Mummy, Notting Hill, The World Is Not Enough, American Beauty, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> So yeah, think about that. American Beauty grossed more money than Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Those are like just barely though by like forty million dollars. Just forty million dollars. That's all. Yeah. Well, box office terms. Yeah. Uh, actually, is but yeah, closer. I mean, yeah, I I forget that Phantom Menace is really close to making a billion dollars. Well, look at so. the difference between that and the Six Cents. Yeah, that's like two hundred fifty million dollars, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I do remember when this movie was coming out, and I was like, ooh, it looks fun, it looks exciting, but being kind of like, ooh, it's kind of a horror movie. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle it. So it wasn't until I saw the VHS. I got the VHS for uh, my birthday in 99, I remember. And ever since, this has been among my favorite yeah. movies, you know, over the years. Oh, yeah. So we want to do something like we did with the Country Bears VHS, where we watched the intro. Yeah. Hang on. Um, we got, oh, guess who? There's a Marvel ad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're watching this on YouTube. Um, we're going to be watching, again, the the intro to the Mummies VHS. Yeah, and it's the Previews Guy VHS openings. You can just look it up. It's opening to the Mummy 1999 Which, again, uh, I love to go back and do quite a bit in terms of just rewatch yeah. VHS intros. Yeah. So um, I don't think this is too loud. Um, all right, I'll give everybody a second. Hopefully you're there. If you need to, pause it and get there to watch Again, this. Again, opening to the Mummy 1999 VHS. Yep, so doing it and pressing that space bar in three, two, one. Now, this is one of the most memorable ones for us, and we talk about it a lot, this intro. Yeah, this is obviously an uh, advertisement for Universal Studios. Right. Uh, Islands of Adventure, I believe. Yeah, Jurassic Park. And I remember, I believe, yeah, I think by this point I had seen Jurassic Park. And so yeah. I was like, oh, Jurassic Park. Well, I was literally like, as a kid, I was like, oh, well, they literally have dinosaurs in the park. I remember actually thinking that. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got Blu-ray now, though. Yeah. Yeah, we said this, this is a really good action movie. Too, which uh, we already yeah. kind of said, but I was just kind of thinking about it. all the, a lot of good set pieces in it. Yeah. So. 
The DVD. DVD. And full frame. Yeah. Gotta go all the way. It's to die for. <laughs> and then the know, mummy. The goldsmith. We I mean, very often wait, come on, yeah. Me and Levi say this <laughs> yeah. all the time to each other. Composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. Like it Decca, yeah. Like anybody needs to know that. Now, though, yeah. You know how quickly these things are going yeah. between them? Now, this here, uh, this is very formative. This was some of the first times I remember seeing the Universal Monsters. Yeah, it would have been for me, too. Yeah, And I remember I rented some of those for the first time on VHS from our Hudson uh, Public Library, I remember. Yeah. Specifically, I really remember Dracula and Frankenstein, which are still um, two of my favorites, but and it's always that interesting screen. that you know every studio has its go-to movies that yeah. anytime there's a new home video format have to be the ones to come out. Right. Um, now this is later in VHS's run, obviously, but um, DVD is obviously becoming a little more prominent right. uh, by the late '90s, early 2000s, and so. I don't know the history of their releases on DVD, but I know that they would have been among Universal's priorities right. in terms of things to get out. Same thing with Blu-ray, same thing with 4K. Yeah. Plus trailers. Now, this is kind of and weird. Like I said, that this uh, originally that movie was pretty much totally, obviously, without music. Uh, they only had like an opening Swan Lake they used, but... Yeah. That, So yeah, Philip Glass, who famously did all the Kotze trilogies, he did them, which he's a you know non musician in his own right, but specifically those movies. Is really but these are still when his I hear his name. This is yeah. one of the first things I think of. Have so you I've never know. I'd like to because yeah. I've never seen it. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. Maybe the next time we watch that. Yeah. For I love oh forever. This is the last time they'll be coming out on a home video. Yeah. Now. This stuff, no, uh, of course. Hitchcock. First time I ever saw Hitchcock. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I never knew that my favorite movie would be one of these movies. So, yeah, like Vertigo. So, it's funny. This is kind of the same style of the last one. Topaz is an interesting. I do movie. love too that the organization of all these, the the Universal movies, then these, and then what comes next. The intensity yeah. level is getting yeah. a little higher each time. And so I remember even as a kid being like, "Oh, these movies look kind of intense." Yeah. Like. Uh, not being aware of what they were. I always remember this music was funny. I think the only of these movies I haven't seen now is Frenzy. I've seen half of, but yeah. And I got the DVD set. They basically put this same set out multiple times on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, They've even put out some 4Ks now, too. Yeah. Some of them. The bit like... Right. The bigger movies, yeah. <laughs> we used Old to Fidel, laugh. like... Yeah, well, not technically, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> you, know you, seen, you haven't seen that Man Who Knew Too Much remake, no, have you? No. It's you know, all right. It's interesting is that for so many people in the 40s and 50s, Hitchcock's face was... Everybody knew what he looked like, and it's interesting that even our introductions to him traded in on that imagery of him you know now these movies cape, cape fear. fear yeah now again as a kid i was like these movies look real i was like yeah. these are intense and too scary for me i remember thinking all-time moment here coming up 
<laughs> now, of course, we know that's, uh, yeah. uh, what's her name from Twin Peaks? Oh, uh, uh what, was that Michael Nadine. Murphy? Yeah, Nadine, yeah. Is that Michael Murphy in there, though, somewhere? I look kind of like him, but I don't know. Fear. Not the band, who yeah. you heard last week. Yeah. Sea of Love isn't exactly these it's like, types I guess of movies. a thriller, yeah. but... <laughs> we quote from this a lot, too, so... Yeah. This is just a window inside our minds. So. And then this is a divergence of sorts. Yeah. Dragonheart, like, oh, a new know, beginning. Yeah. I've not seen the first Dragonheart, so I can't really attest to whether or not this, this is that, that much of a new beginning. One of those brothers in Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, he's the oldest brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so lame. I said his name was Jock. Joff, I think. Oh. I don't know. No, I don't, this is a random thing to say. I've always been weirded out by things where dragons are sentient beings yeah. and characters, other than just being a creature. I just—it's like an added weirdness. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a dragon. <laughs> Let your spirits fly. Let your freak flag fly. He really was. <laughs> How weird it's so it weird, yeah. man. That's real weird. It's not, oh, wow, that's why they haven't really showed it all that much. Yeah. <laughs> what even is this? Like, like the Peter of its day. It was yeah. like, worry about the dragon, you know, endangerment. Those Dragonheart movies looks like they're trying to be free willy, but dragon yeah. instead of about a killer will. <laughs> I will have that like, heart tonight. What is the so big about the dragon's heart? Is it like a energy it, resource? Yeah, it has like, like fuel? some power or something? I guess I don't know. That it? Okay. I guess so. So yeah, there little, you go. Little trip down memory lane yeah. for us. We watch it very often and quote from it very yeah. often. But Wait, there's a Mummy Returns VHS open. I don't remember that one as much. But did we have a VHS of that? Yeah, we did, but we didn't watch. We just remember. didn't watch it as much. But yeah. all right, so yeah, we'll take a go. brief break, and when we get back, you'll be hearing us walk through, talk through, fall through, be mummified through, horrify you. <laughs> Immune through <laughs> 1999's The Mummy. Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. They call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. They sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. 
what they did. Oh my God, it does exist. I think this may be the book of the dead. Was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! What the hell was that? You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Whoa! He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. Do you swear? What the occasion calls for it? Trust me, it calls for it! Universal Pictures invites you. His powers are growing. What? This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! We're back, so uh, a good little trailer, I'd say. Yeah, the better trailers we've seen in a while. Yeah. So, Levi, why is the Mummy rated PG thirteen for pervasive adventure, violence, and some partial nudity? Mm -hmm. Partial nudity. Okay. Tasteful. Probably early on in the movie. Yeah. So we're watching this off of the uh, standard issue Universal Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they put this out on 4K yet. I don't think so. Uh, not that I'm aware. I don't think so. But uh, all right, we're hitting play in five, four, three, two, one. We promise you yet again, we are not in the pocket of Universal. <laughs> Universal Pictures. just makes a lot of good movies. We'd so. like if they sent us one check, you know. And we will not promote them. No, because we don't do that. Well, we already have been, but not. But other money. than that, like, yeah. UniversalStudios.com. Haven't been there in a while. <laughs> like, oh, like you've ever been there. They uh, manipulated the logo to be something. You know when a movie starts off with logo <laughs> manipulation, you're in for a wild ride. Wicked good fun indeed. Yeah. This is an impressive shot to start mm-hmm. the movie in terms of the grandeur, the pageantry, romance. Hmm? <laughs> but... These sounds are just embedded in my very yeah. soul. Like the dog barking, like, yeah. you know. Good effects. They look like uh-huh. they hold up pretty good. Our mom is also very much interested in Egyptian stuff. Yeah. She, uh, that's one of many interests that we share. Um, she's just really also into a lot of ancient history yeah. stuff that I've been getting more interested in more recently than I used to be. So I've always been interested in this stuff, but like one thing that I always kind of forget about this is that Emotep's supposed to be a priest, and just because yeah. he just doesn't act very priestly to me, maybe that's yeah. the problem. I guess. Yeah. But. Oh, but that guy's not a statue. Yeah. You know something random that... It's like Ebert, be a thug in a, yeah, the Schumacher Batman that movies. Ebert mentioned... He's like, oh, I love the gold finger type paint or body paint or whatever. It's just like, okay. like <laughs> That must have been something Ebert yeah. was into in the bedroom. I don't know. Ebert's They're willing like, to risk life itself. 
Uh oh, he's gonna mess up the paint. The big man on campus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that hat, what know. was it you were gonna say about this? I'll, I'll okay, you got on out okay. here in a second. I, Obviously, he's speaking ancient Egyptian here. Yeah. And Emotep is his priest, but, you know, yeah. they obviously implies they're friends or close. Yeah. And what he says when he finds a Nox on the moon here with him is... Emotep, my priest. My priest, but, he, but the way he's saying the ancient Egyptian, it sounds like he says, my son. Yeah. Like, he's like, like his son, yeah. like, and he's betraying him, you know, sure, which right adds here. to it. Yeah. <laughs> he obviously didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, he like, didn't, but yeah. it just sounds phonetically kind of like it. But. I love how this moment kind of gets motifed later in the movie, yeah. too. Like, that's silhouette. Magi. So Magi were all up to it <laughs> back then, even. these guys i do love that her faith is oh well i'm gonna die but you will resurrect me so yeah mm -hmm. but don't forget you know the, obviously kind of the macguffin of this movie is the uh book of the dead yeah but which brings life but the book of the living brings death and a sequel Squeakle. this is a really uh good speedy prologue yeah i think yeah This whip. <laughs> well, it's just oh, they just kind of broke out, broke yeah. into the crypt and stole the body. It's like, wait, what? Like, it's like how Batman Forever technically begins with oh, Two Face escaped from Arkham, which was yeah. actually a big set piece. It was supposed right. to open that movie, but oh well. But it might be in the Schumacher cut that could be coming out. Who knows? Anyways, is that even a real thing? Apparently, it is. Oh, it is. Oh. Hmm. I'd actually like to see that. Not that it'll. We'll save those conversations anything. for another day. Yeah. Well, we talked about Snyder Cut mm -hmm. last week, so screw y'all, <laughs> you fools. I released the summer's cut of this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there is a director's cut, but no, would it be like more Jonathan? Again, it could be more Jonathan and Benny scenes or it something. Could be. You know, they only have a few scenes where they're directly talking to each and other. And you can tell so. they both just don't think much of the other no, one. No, they're just. But like, that's why we need the spinoffs to delve into their bromance her uh like resurrection reaction and here and possible romance let me know. just say <laughs> who's to say jonathan and benny can't love each other <laughs> oh they tracked him so the ritual is like so was he gonna kill her again i know yeah. this this always this scared is. me as yeah. a kid <laughs> what? Like, this is weird. Yeah. So, uh, would you care to be mummified when uh, you're about to die? Maybe you know that's a way to go out, I guess, yeah. right? Because uh, you're tortured, basically, awful. It's a pretty uh, gruesome opening. Yeah. That guy's got a gut on him. <laughs> Yeah, said this was so horrible that they never bestowed it upon anybody before. Yeah. That's how bad it was.
I just love at this point he's still wiggling like, oh, yeah. it's gonna mean anything. Just stop, like. <laughs> this is the worst part of it. Yeah. This is what makes you juicy. Skittering. Hey, I remember as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I think I had a necklace for a while I bought at the uh, the Magi uh, symbol. Magi symbol there, yeah. From the ride. Universal. But as you said, very quick, very brisk. You know, a great yeah. transition to here. Again, the visual shorthand of this movie is yeah. very uh, well done. So I have something I want to remark upon about, obviously it's going to say Hominopter 1923, something about these Legionnaires in the movie that, like, the two main characters of them are American and Hungarian. Yeah. We never see any of the French people, really. They're just kind of there. Right. But, and I just think that's kind of weird. But That's true, yeah. But yeah, uh, French Foreign Legion, I'd say this is the second best movie relating to the French Foreign Legion in 1999, after yeah. Beautreville, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Claire Denis film, yeah. Now, see, this movie should have ended with Benny's Rhythm of the Night, trapped in, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and have, like, the Beatles crawling on him and he's doing it, like, yeah. The Rhythm of the Night. Mm -hmm. That movie. Great Good movie, movie, but great ending. Like, yeah. Again, here's our first, you know, immunized. You know something. Yeah. You know something. When I was little, I always thought he said he just got promoted. Like he did, or he that did. guy that ran away. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he got promoted, and now he gave up. Yeah. That's what he is saying, though, right? No, he's saying that he just got that Rick got promoted because he left, so he's the new. He's the new. Oh, he cap. said you just got promoted. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. what I always thought too. But, okay. Yeah. But no, saying, yeah, you're the next in command because he left. So Now, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, this is set, you know, in the 20s. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of movies in the 20s and 30s that kind of deal in this kind of Orientalist adventure fair, especially in the Middle East, you could yeah. say. Uh, Bengal Lancer movie with Gary Cooper is a version of this. Gunga Den, which we actually haven't seen. I know we've been wanting to for a long time. Cary Grant is a version of this. So... This brand and this location and geography of uh, adventure movies were big in the 30s and 40s, especially as well. This is right around the time that, you know, uh, Britain and some of France and some of the traditional European colonial powers were starting to give, well, either give more autonomy or some of these groups were gaining more autonomy for themselves. But in these all time moment. <laughs> and we always say it's not like he's counting one, two, three, four. Like yeah. how fast he can Wait. count before he uh, yeah. dies. He knows he's gonna die. So. Right. And one thing I always remember as a kid that I loved about Rick is just how many guns he had. Yeah, he the, has like. And then he's got the gun bail yeah. and just like yeah. he just knows all the cheat codes. Yeah. 
All One thing I always thought was so cool, too, like, as a kid is, oh, my dad's name Rick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actual name's Richard, but I don't know if he's well, Richard Well, actual O'Connell. name's Ricky, technically. Well, technically, <laughs> yeah. technically, it's actually Richard. His, yeah, oh. his, uh, our grandmother, his mom, when they asked him what he wanted his name to be, she said Ricky and wanted the name to be Ricky. But they, but they Richard assumed, oh, she means Richard, and right. put Richard on his birth certificate and oh, all okay. of his official documents. Yeah. So, okay, that's the story. With that. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the era of Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. You know. Imotep, you have some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Lucy goes to Hominoptera. Yeah. Like, you know, the lost episodes. She can be a communist out there. Or like. <laughs> we haven't really seen those road to blank movies either with those, you know, Crosby and Hope movies. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see those. Those kept getting compared to this. This kept getting compared to that, and I was like, I don't see what the comparison is, but I haven't seen those. Again, so. that's what the Benny Jonathan movies could mm-hmm. have been, you know? You will die. <laughs> that's not ominous at all. You will die. And then those <laughs> sounds... I mean, a version, proto, you know nothing of hail yeah. from Pirates of the Caribbean. The Curse of the Black Pearl. Just all these people wiped out dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, I guess this mission failed. So their first meeting, and they don't even know it until... Yeah. Three years later. Yeah. <laughs> this. <laughs> the desert will kill him. Yeah, I, no, it doesn't, but okay. So this is in 26, because that yeah. was 23 earlier, right? Yeah. 1926, you know, the year before sound cinema took off. Yeah. The jazz singer. But the era of Calvin Coolidge, you know, in America. One of the most pathetic excuses (laughs) for a president. Obviously, as a book lovers, uh, love libraries. I remember as a kid, this always felt, oh, it's so cool. It would be a great place to see, visit. And then she does what she does to it, but, you know. Do you find the whole like woman librarian uh, aesthetic attractive as a guy? You know, like I, that whole that's a thing that some people I don't know have a, are into <laughs> I, kind of like a was it Velma from Scooby Doo's kind of a version of that, but I guess I don't know. I mean. <laughs> interesting question but I don't none know. of those second movie literally repeat this gag too by the way of just with the fallen uh, those uh pillars or yeah, whatever yeah, pillars, yeah, with yeah. the sun what an annoying character that sun yeah that that's not a good addition but it seems natural i guess is what people would do or the producers yeah. oh let's just throw a kid in there Kids like kids. Like kids also like movies that didn't have kids in it, you know. But whatever. I prefer that. 
<laughs> Great meltdown. It's like, I uh, need to look into that, but destroying a place. It's like, <laughs> Ramsey's destroyed all of Syria. She destroyed one library, which admittedly had a lot of stuff in it, but, like, they probably burned a lot of libraries there. I don't know. Like, you know. That's such a randomly good, subtle moment. All I rest their souls, and there's yeah. like, and I remember as a kid, I was like, "What? Like, was mm -hmm. that mean exactly?" You know, it's not going to be condescending to him. Oh, God, rest of, You know, mm -hmm. it's being faithful to that you know, culture. Egypt, obviously, Islamic. This is one of those things that uh, the first time I saw this, this was a big jump scare yeah. to me. It's yeah. still it's kind of yeah. scary. Good intro for Jonathan. Mm -hmm. Any uh, big Jonathan takes to unveil? Well, we kind of said earlier he's yeah. great. I mean, I don't yeah. know. His... Great comic relief. All and time. he's also, you know, what I love about him is he's just kind of this ne'er-do-well playboy just kind of hanging out, not really doing anything with his life, and so gets wrapped up in all this. Somebody had talked about Abdul, Muhammad, Bob. Like, <laughs> I never noticed that before. But in that one of those reviews, they talk about yeah. that. Yeah. This sound. Yeah. That hair. How is he under there? Yeah. You know? That hair, though. What a SOB, though, that he did that. With that body, you yeah. know, like <laughs> a bit. <laughs> you want to help me, uh, you know, clean that up, kind of, sort of. No, that's right. I forgot that she, uh, oh, that's kind of a random thing with her. Is all she don't have enough experience to be in this like scholarly group or whatever. The but scholars, but yeah. by the end. Take that, Bembridge yeah, scholars. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what's funny about they just kind of walk around and oh I'll go to that dig down in thieves and hang out like you yeah. know that's what people did back then there well, obviously it doesn't say much about their background but it says that her parents or it says her parents, parents were patrons were, right. so they, they had money they had to be big so, explorers too yeah so they come from privilege right. British, but yeah. British privilege. <laughs> like total greedy SOB. <laughs> I 
you know, it took me a long time to notice that he's purposely burning it here in a minute. Yeah. You know, because he's not wanting them to find it because he's also a magi. But. Mm-hmm. Homenopter, I guess it's like this mystical city, almost like Atlantis, in terms mm-hmm. of, oh, it could have existed. Yeah, watch him. It's for the best, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's devastated. So he clearly is uh, something's weird with him. Yeah. I never really thought about that before because yeah, he's obviously this this kind of historical curator of course he would care about yeah. the, this being preserved unless there was some weird thing uh, yeah meanwhile the Cairo prison yeah also actually he got this originally from O'Connell had it I guess yeah. he was just looking for a good time yeah He just say I asked him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, he a, looks like George of the I'm Jungle. I'm sure that prison's a joy to live yeah. in. Again, he's a. Uh, like he's more in his jungle, Georgia jungle yeah. phase, with his long hair and not been a kind three years to yeah. old Rick. Him screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's guards on yeah, there paying attention. Yeah, like. That's a game we like to play. Yeah. Then get me the hell out of here. Like when you're in an exam for over three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to the administrator. Yeah. <laughs> and the testing coordinator He's is going to uh, be hanged. Yeah. He had a very good time. <laughs> That's his go to phrase is yeah. people having good times. He should have been in good times. I love she just barely gets him off here, yeah. you know. hateful we say that all the time yeah. too you know it's like when you're get him it's a uh, similar from yeah 
It's like when you're taking somebody's food way. order, you're going to call something in. You're yeah. like, any last request, yeah. pig? <laughs> it's like they were all yeah, like, looking at what? that. Like, His neck did not break. And then it's like a riot is going to happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna quote this movie yeah. all the time. So. <laughs> His face here in a second, where he's like, yeah. <laughs> "You're lying." He went down uh, on his number. <laughs> that's more than fair. Yeah. Well, way more than yeah, fair. Yeah, it's like, you know, fourth a of fourth it. of Which there are going to be everything. four people going at first, so. Ham and boats, you know? Yeah. Thinks everything's so oh, dirty and... Oh, like. He doesn't have a good naval history. No. Where you got that suit from? You remember that moment in uh, um, Looney Tunes back in action where he's like, uh, um, sorry, Batman, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Batman, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that until just now. By the way, that moment where he's like, I'd never steal from a partner. Partner, I always thought that he was saying, oh, I should give you some money for what happened. But I just now realize he's not making sure he didn't steal anything. Pickpocketing, you know, yeah. Obviously, that's finally clicked for me, like, mm -hmm. you know. But was sand. Blood. <laughs> Later in the movie, blood. <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's one of Fraser's go-to words. Which supposedly yeah. Errol Flynn was an inspiration for this character, yeah. sort of. But at the end, of the, later in the movie, he's like, what's your favorite Errol Flynn movie? He's like, Captain Blood. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically. He's going with him. Good to protect my investment. Thank you very much. It's me when I order Blu-rays from Criterion and I'm calling them up. Yeah. Or like, go to the go out to LA to the closet and they're like what's going on I'm here to protect my investment thank you very much <laughs> those guys like like uh, he's gigging or yeah. something with a <laughs> knife blade yeah. <laughs> cut the dick Burns. this guy how quick he's talking <laughs> This cracking sound. Yeah. <laughs> I love this Benny reemergence. He's like, <laughs> yeah. 
Ben, that's the thing. Benny's always lurking. He reminds Lamborghini me. Lurking. He reminds us of somebody we know personally. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Good, uh, old friend of ours. Mm-hmm. He's like, look at my guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something buried, buried underneath that sand. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Like a like brain sucker or something? (laughs) My favorite of Amon Ra's work. <laughs> it's like Das Kapital yeah. or yeah. something. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I love the slowness with which she kind of walks over there. <laughs> and he knew who it was, yeah. too, by the sound. I think I'll kill you. <laughs> Benny Jr. That's when you have like a choice in a video game of whether you kill somebody or not and you're like, I think I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're going to kill Darko Brevich or not. Darko Brevich. Love the flagrancy of literally just throwing him off the boat. Goodbye, Benny. It's like he's really at the point yeah. where it's like you are worth nothing to me. And him he's screaming like, back yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I love that them people snuck on the boat in the two seconds that he and wasn't and looking. You gotta wonder they're like, well, they must have some history, and then just yeah, kept going. Right. Yeah. Like, whatever's going on with them, like. When the uh, you know Civil War started, according to Quentin Tarantino, in right. 1860, and when it ended, yeah, really. How do these people? They're like sneak king of their generation. Yeah. You know, it's like how do they do all this? You know, the original sneak kings. Yeah, the Magi. Where is the map? <laughs> This guy's wow. Like. This other guy that pops up. <laughs> <laughs> <Where are you? laughs> 
candle to the eye. <laughs> All time egg piano eggs yeah. here. Love this music swell in the middle of all yeah. this. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, he's not ready to fight, but then he's on yeah. fire. And then he has that knife. Like, yeah. <laughs> Total madness yeah. and chaos. <laughs> it's like an Assassin's Creed game where you can throw those, yeah. like, the, what do you call that? Like a torch around. Yeah. That's it. Like, <laughs> it's a boat from Sudan. That's it. Yeah. Man. I guess the SS Sudan or state ship Sudan. <laughs> Her Majesty's ship Sudan. Yeah. HMS Sudan. <laughs> Yelling. By the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but uh, this moment here where he headbutts him, I was like, you know, obviously a big fan of this movie when we were younger, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna headbutt something like him, and I headbutted a wall <laughs> and I hurt myself. And you've been living with the after effects ever yeah, since. Yeah, pretty much. But I don't, have I ever told you that no. before? I was, like, yeah, I was down at our. Uh, Grand aunt and that, uncle's old that's, house. That, you know what? Yeah. That's uh, where I assumed yeah, before you didn't say anything where it would have been. I, you didn't need to say that, but that's why I assumed. Yeah, but I did that one time. <laughs> it hurt real bad. You remember their like white wall that was real thin feeling yeah. that you could like push against it. So it didn't hurt that bad, but like, it, yeah. I mean, that was the British when we elected a certain president yeah. but then us when they elected their uh, when their newer yeah. prime minister was elected so. but we're like well you know. <laughs> it would be hilarious if he blew up and died in that moment yeah I mean, a historic moment right here coming up. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what the truth is? They're all kind of messed up. Every country, that yeah. is. <laughs> the U.S., Egypt, Sudan, all of them. swearing in Hungarian. I just love the whole idea that they're the only two guys that really know where this is and that Benny just being Benny is always perpetually behind. There. Yeah. Probably a, <laughs> a sexual harassment situation. Yeah. Him, <laughs> Probably, like, yeah. It's like a dirt bag. Like. To like, you know, a lot of Islamic women there. Yeah. Like, you know. He's like, oh, money. Like, 
it's a real like when in Rome moment. It's like okay, <laughs> like why? But they, they're I'm getting, starting they're, to yeah. Like they're getting to know each yeah, other. Like, they yeah. might have something going on. Yeah. We're both basically saying it. Yeah. We could have just stopped and been yeah. like, you know, like you already like, know. Oh well. Classic the mummy vibes here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you think Mummy 99, this is a moment yeah. you think of. One of many moments. I love they're going and then that guy, uh, what's his name going on with them there? Yeah. And I was like, whatever. Like. Spoiler alert, he doesn't make it through the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know if he makes it halfway through the movie. <laughs> we'll see. This was all filmed in Morocco, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it said online. I wonder why that is, why they didn't just film in Egypt. I don't know. Egypt might be a lot more uh, protective over that because of the, the sites and the land. Yeah. They might not really like that people, people, people would film. film there. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Be. I've always wanted to go to Egypt a lot. Yeah. But I don't know if they ever will or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're being watched. Mm-hmm. See, this shot's just... Uh, he Begging them, them two and Benny, they were just the trio that yeah. never were, you know. What could have been... You know what the funny? Like we basically said the funniest thing is, is that two of those three characters are dead by the end yeah. of the movies. So it's like, well, you know. Oh, well, you know, movies, Hollywood, they'll find a way. That stupid British guy has that uh, umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This doesn't make exact sense to me. It's like they get shown a special way by the sun. Yeah. It's like what? Well, that doesn't exist anyways. Yeah. Like, I'm an Here we, we go, go again. again. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that just didn't exist. Uh, yeah. If you just would have went I forward, don't I don't know. But. 
The race is on. Yeah. We need us NASCAR announcers to, like, you know, uh, commentate this. Yeah. Oh, going too wide, too wide. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is, is that, like, everybody but two character will really, like, want. Well, Rick's just kind of going because, well, whatever, I guess I'll go. Yeah. yeah, there'll be some money there, I guess. The only one who's going that I don't really care about money is Evelyn. Is just going because, well, I want to see what's there. Well, everybody else is like, yeah. oh, money. She actually like, has academic yeah. uh, interest you know, in it. The rest is, oh, we're going to find something and sell it there. Yeah. Sell it, you know, buy it, sell it. Buy, sell, barter, whatever. Barter. Trade in for some old SNES. Jonathan here. <laughs> So the whole joke is, oh, like they got camels, they can't keep up. It's like, well, they won. So, you know what? Maybe the other characters should have been the leads of the movie. Then they would have won. Yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. If only they could have done that, maybe they would have got there in time. It was like man shouting in Arabic. Like I would assume, like the whole movie almost. Like, but you know. Get out of the way! Like he's kind of doing it on purpose, yeah. but like move, like no, you had me on the other end. Of like, the rope. like he wants to be right on top of him in case any money at all yep. is found. What does a woman know? <laughs> and he'll be like, um, I don't know what that is. Like, He's like, oh, what are you looking at? (laughs) Again, I think something's going to blossom between them, if you ask me. The warden. I I keep forgetting he literally is a prison warden. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's that one man, not like this thousand year old, like. Tomb. In sarcophagus, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He. <laughs> I mean, he probably does stink. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He can't stink that much worse than that room had to stink. We're entering the afterlife. Oh. Mummies aren't made; they're born. <laughs> <laughs> You can't just be made a mummy. Like you have to be born a mummy. Mummies, mummies. <laughs> he said bugs. I hate bugs. Did oh, Evelyn what? say all that? That's <laughs> the way the subtitles yeah. are like. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert! You're gonna hate him even more here a little yeah, bit. Well. It'll be the last thing you think about. Gonna be the last thing that goes through his mind. I mean, <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. 
it's going to eat away at him. Jonathan's gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's Catwoman in that one scene of Batman Returns with that like top Derringer yeah, type yeah. gun. No, I don't think so. Probably has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he but. seems like somebody that gets in a lot of situations yeah. he shouldn't be in, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the warden over there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm willing to die, like, for all this. I mean, he's straight up kind of low key insane, so, yeah. you know. I love that he's he's like, oh, are you gonna be insulted if I talk talk bad yeah. about the Americans? <laughs> you got lost, Our smelly little friend. Well, I Meanwhile, is just totally lost. Yeah. Like, why, why did you go off on your own, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> like, he does, he clearly knows nothing about any of this. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not. Mighty fine price. The moment. All time. Ululating moment. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Ululate is a verb like. Let them die. Sieda. This last one. <laughs> Look on this guy's face. Like wow. I am I'm dead, like yeah. that screaming sound. Could have easily killed them. Right. Yeah. Written and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Ooh. It's still going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, Allah. <laughs> yeah, Allah won't save you now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> One more, like, well, wow. Allah's probably had it out for him for a while. Yeah, I'm sure. Allah isn't very happy with him. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is a kid always really. Just, yeah. It was just so disgusting and and it vile still to me. is really. It's a random thing to remark upon right now, but. Uh, his outfit here's always remind me of like some gangster from the twenties or thirties that like stripes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was real. It was fun, and it was real fun. Pre Voldemort. Warden screaming. <laughs> they never really gave him a name. Yeah, well, uh, Warden. yeah. Notice his shirt's buttoned here yeah. when he hits the wall. <laughs> Listen, he wanted to go out looking stylish. He like did yeah. it real quick. He like quickly buttoned it. Like. <laughs> scary. Oh, that's here in a little bit when he says that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is what he believed in. (laughs) Blow it away with a shotgun, whatever it is. Meanwhile, I love it's like, well, we need an action scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it just seems kind of useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love that lives are lost on both sides yeah. here, and there's kind of, well, whatever. But none of the main American guys just right. to throw away. Uh, Basically, uh, Egyptians or Egyptian Arabs, yeah. laborers they hired. <laughs> Great run for John. All time moment here too. This look. <laughs> <laughs> All time spit take. <laughs> (laughs) 
that guy, hero to the end. Yeah. And then he's like, I will blow us all up. This is our first chance to see Artist Bay in action. Yeah. I think he was a playable character on the Game Boy Color game. I really? Remember. Yeah. That even had playable characters? Yeah, different things. Because oh, like, okay. sometimes you were like Jonathan. Oh, sometimes man. Sometimes you were Eevee. You know. I would have loved to have seen that. I don't think, unfortunately, Benny was playable. They knew that only one man could truly control Kevin J. O'Connor, and that was him. And they didn't want to just disrespect his, you know, I mean, he's, he's immune. Yeah. They're closer than they've well, ever been before. Fortune gotta be under this sand. <laughs> well, he's one of the guys yeah. that can't think, have any internal monologue. Right. Say everything out loud. Sucking them dry, that's hell. I love they were like, leave this place or die. You have one and day. Then they're and like, then they're like, nah, uh, we're good. We're going to stick around. By the way, if anybody ever tells you, uh, you mustn't go there or leave, get okay. out, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, there we go. Big, this is a big moment, I'm sure, for library science yeah. majors. to black you know? but the sun also rises as we know that moment was a real lot uh, what's your favorite George Michael thing wham wham yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. but the rant wham I guess and George Michael I don't know and, wham and still him. might be a I don't think so ram. I, I think it was just him and that other guy, so. Yeah, were. Wham, were? Yeah. 
Ramwar Wigwam. The Alleghenian. The Allegheny Mountains. I don't think so. Ooh. Ooh. No, you can't blame him. Even Benny's like, we gotta go. Shinshin is they kind of, te you know, they technically awaken Emotep, but then the other group kind of finds the body of Emotep, right. you know. Yeah, because technically it's only these four guys who are bound to a curse, technically. Yeah. Because he's going to peace out. Even Benny's smart enough to be yeah. like, no. I don't care. <laughs> Hissing. And his skull is literally like... Yeah. <laughs> He's really well preserved to be that old. Yeah. That's what's weird about mummification is that, you know, the mummies that we've found, and you, I mean, they're clearly very old and dead but they're not like skeletons they're still skin and like you know i mean it worked so yeah you know for the most part No, we'll take the organs instead. Yeah. Like, as I mean, if that still would be would, worth a lot. As, as, as if the book wouldn't be worth a lot of money in the sales. What would a woman know? Dummy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, get up. <laughs> mm. 
are alive when they start to eat you. <laughs> I mean, the callback to our very yeah. first episode. Jurassic Park. I hate when the home die comes to pass, you know? Yeah. Like, when someone yells at me, I sentence you to the home die, I know it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, like... What a Just boob. chilling. You know? Yeah, like chilling with your organ, <laughs> organ box and yeah. your, your little organ vase and your the book of your the book dead. of the dead <laughs> on a beach somewhere. That's called stealing, you know. Even though he stole that one yeah, guy's stuff. Yeah. Just stole his whole life. Yeah. But, you know. Don't worry, that'll be in the sequel, though. Yeah. Well, it's in the end of this movie, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Having <laughs> water out here. Meanwhile, Jonathan and Benny sleeping. Yeah. See, they're they're connected after each other's own heart. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're both doing the thing everybody has to do. Like, mm-hmm. this is one of the rare instances where knowing ancient Egyptian is a bad thing. Yeah, you know. And that he knew one thing over her of like, no, don't do that. Huh? <laughs> Ready to go out blasting. Some of that blueberry yum yum coming mm, to get him. Yeah. How many there are here that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's just kill more of these yeah. nobodies. But he lives. Mm-hmm. It's a good look for him, honestly, I think. Yeah. I ain't waiting around to find out. So let's run into the, you know. And uh, Benny just steps right on this. Temple that has no end. That was a real Peter Lorre moment there. Leave yeah. me. Or we're in or moment. Hit me, Stimpy. <laughs> Stimpy. The mommy's going to put the coleslaw on the boots, Stimpy. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> How one does, you know. So it sucks to be him. Yeah. Go, hope we don't go smell blind too. Was 
as a two glasses glass wearers uh, that'd be really tough yeah um, scary hunted by a mummy in but then you see it right up close mm-hmm. <laughs> well he had to do it to him <laughs> More poor Egyptians here are gonna mm-hmm. get it. Like a good scapegoat. Whoops. Oh, maybe that's later when those guys that happens. I think. Yeah. This scheme, the scheme, scene, uh, pitches itself very quickly between the terror and the the comedy of certain things. Yeah. Like, He didn't take his nose though. I said didn't go. He didn't make him smell blind. <laughs> As a kid, I know this initial version of Imhotep was pretty disturbing, but I really like how disturbing too it looks when you get some of the skin partially and right. then not other parts of it. <laughs> this was the moment I was thinking. Of. Another poor fella. Yeah. Rick thought about going back to help him, but he was like, no. Wow. You ever hear about, like, flesh-eating amoeba in yeah. the waters and stuff, and it's like, mmm, like, tasty. Those are my favorite Rick moments coming up here. Yeah. Well, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was all masked up, yeah. too, at least ahead of his time. You know what was stupid is that there would be students at school that I would watch them take their mask off to talk, and it's like, that's the point of why you're wearing it, you idiot. There's a lot Put of people. that yeah, mask adults, on. Plenty of adults. Oh, no, I know. It's not just them, yeah, but I just noticed that there a lot, where they would do it, do it to talk. It's like, the whole point is you keep it up, you know. I love that they really thought he they took his eyes yeah. out. Well, that's, of course, because they're racist. They think, oh, they did their hoodoo, whatever. It's like, no, like. <laughs> whatever eat. 
Basically, the Terminator. <laughs> He's like the T-1000 BC, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Benny. All-time moment coming up where he's going through his different uh, oh, fate based yeah. necklaces and some of the <laughs> things he says. Plus, that just shows he's a total coward. Like, yeah, and carries that no, around all the time. No like, real, real yeah. beliefs. And that he's just like, I'll do any, I'll, whoa, whatever, like. Where's a coexist sticker on his <laughs> bu- bumper sticker, probably, that. No. I said that in a second. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> this. <laughs> this next one's my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Said speaking gibberish. It's it's like, like, that is some language. Yeah. I'm not sure so, what. but whatever. I don't know. That's the one thing that saved him. Mm-hmm. Well, he just had that on him. Yeah. Probably pulled it out of his, out of his crack yeah. somewhere. It's like, here's all my stuff. You might have crack. <laughs> yeah. I guess those were, those were the eyes. Because you can see he's got eyes. No, he took his eyes from him. Oh, duh. But those are his mind. other organs, though. Duh. They, they didn't take his eyes out. Earlier. Yeah, duh, yeah. Although I'm not really sure how you could take certain organs out and then keep someone alive that long to mummify them, but now you were experts at it. Though. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Never thought Taking about them that. Out just enough to make them keep living, but yeah, yeah, they wouldn't take everything, I guess. But we, what we? This funny scene where they keep putting stuff in. Yeah. And she keeps taking it out. Didn't I tell you? I, 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 we I, say I. that all the time. <laughs> what? Me, me, me. I, I, I. All time hand squeeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Contract terminated. And try to save the world. Like, you're going to die yeah. doing your vibing. Private vibe. Real, like, vibe, you know, tunes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a special kind of drunk she's like man you're an idiot mm-hmm. yeah.
I wonder what would happen if they would have gotten away. It's like, Mummy comes to America, yeah. I guess. Mummy goes down Broadway. Like, Please. Please. I always thought this was creepy. This like mask he's wearing yeah. and all that. was weird. Please forgive me. Whoops. <laughs> like, oh, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> But would the alcohol have been turned to blood? I guess so. Blood. <laughs> that, you know, even the new coke in the area would have been. Yeah. The Diet Pepsi turned to blood. I love that Jonathan's always quoting Exodus. and yeah. He's the guy that has to say everything. Like, we've got problems. I remember one time uh, there was something wrong with my Jeep and uh, I didn't even know about it and our dad came in and I was like, hey, how are you? And he just kind of laughed and he's like, we've got problems. And it reminded me of that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever told you about that. No, but, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was referencing this either. No, but like, yeah. <laughs> Not sure though. Stinkweed. You know, tip roaring. Memo taps memes yeah. roaring like. <laughs> well, I don't think he's gonna be around for the sequel. No, the squeakle, nonetheless. <laughs> the squeakle. Gets his second layer. His second heaven, or seventh, whatever. Didn't uh, Rick Baker do some of these special effects? By the way, I don't think we ever. Not sure who that. did the. Uh, not the CG, but right. some of the regular effects. Not have. Sorry, I thought he did something. Said uh, Nick Dun uh, Dudman uh, makeups. Effects supervisor produces the physical creature effects in the film. Rick Baker in '99 might have been occupied with the Wild Wild West of all projects, maybe. Oh, I think what I'm thinking of is there's like a little documentary on the DVD. He was probably just talking about how much he liked the original Mummy. I think is what it was, maybe. Okay. Now I think about it.
No, I actually didn't do uh, Wild Wild West either. Actually, he did Men in Black. I assume oh, okay. he might have because yeah. of Barry Sonnenfeld, but did Mighty Joe Young in '98? Wife in '99. Meanwhile, he's you know hanging out. Oh, he was a special effects makeup in Wild Wild West, actually. So, wait. Freak back. This look they give. <laughs> I can't get off Bad of Wild Wild, Wild West. Uh, have you seen all of Wild Wild West? Yeah, but. Yeah. But you act like that's not a great movie or something. I don't know. No comment? Or? No. <laughs> it is indeed not a great movie. Another big 99er, you know. <laughs> so there haven't been a lot of things that led me to believe Jonathan knows the Bible that well, but you know. By the way, I have a question. I don't know a whole lot about the moon, but like, if the moon caused an eclipse very suddenly like that, like, you know, usually it lines up and yeah. it makes sense. But if the moon just moved over there, would that not like cause some massive like problems probably, or something? Yeah. You know, I just kind of thought about I don't that. Know, but like, probably. Like, worldwide. <laughs> yeah, the, and then where is he at? You know, like <laughs> down the uh, Hudson uh, Main Street, like, that like you know the area. alleyway back, <laughs> back behind there. That's yeah. where he is. You know, the place where secret things go down. Yeah. I mean, it's right near the police station, yeah. so there's nothing that could really happen there. But unless they're in on it, this is probably the best scene in the movie. By yeah. the way, literally an all-time I mean, moment here. Love the paper gets stuck kind of yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, when the Academy wises up to giving Kevin J. O'Connor an honorary Academy right. Award, this scene will likely play. Well, he's already been regarded by us, so that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. The moment he already told us. Thank you. 
<laughs> it's a high quality screen. Yeah. Well, that's all that guy was worth. No. He got thrown out of a yeah, like a story building at least. Like, he's just kind of oh well, whatever. I'm going to. Meanwhile, wow. he got it bad. This is some creepy looking stuff. Mm-hmm. TIA. Yeah. I mean, this is Africa, so. Yeah. It's a moment that's never made sense to me. This is Africa, not that, but. Well, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but. <laughs> We'd say that all the time yeah. too, <laughs> and we're not drinkers, which makes it even funnier. Yeah. Like, give us, give me a glass of bourbon, like, and a shot of bourbon, and a bourbon chaser. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you down. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, all time death rattle face, yeah. like, not all time. Yeah, man. this movie kind of is an all timer, mm -hmm. you know. the gun click sound when he lets the hammer up. <laughs> What's weird is it looks like his body is way more like degenerated than it looks when that shows it. Yeah. These are just the things I think about. <laughs> Mmm, juicy. Look at this, though. <laughs> Kyle attempted to do yeah. that face. A pretty good attempt. <laughs> I mean, you can only really do it if you were totally dead. So, you know. Like. So, when I, whenever that happens to me, the one time it'll happen, uh, I'll try my best yeah. to replicate that. <laughs> it'll be the last thing I try to yeah. do, you know. And then, well, that's it. Because it won't matter if your jaw becomes unattached because you won't be alive, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very true. Okay. It's like when that guy can't get that one girl out of his head. Cool. Like you idiot! Like, meanwhile, you boy chick. Like, see me rolling. <laughs> see me rolling to the museum of antiquities. Like, hey, then. Oh, 
of this one guy still hanging around. The oh, other, well, I mean, he don't have anywhere ones. else to go, yeah. so. Well, he was the least annoying of the group, so. Yeah, it has a great piano exit. Mm. <laughs> See that in a little bit? Yeah. I remember uh, in one of the reviews, probably that New York Times review that just kind of sucked. Yeah. Like, well, they talked about how stupid this was. Like, oh, uh, these people, zombies. Uh, it's just like, what's that dumb about it? I don't know. But, whatever. Well, it's like what Smashing Pumpkin said: the end, the beginning is the end, is the beginning. Yeah. Like, okay. A lot of brilliance but in that. You know. The world has crashed through you. <laughs> I like them, so I'm. Love not... is suicide. <laughs> <laughs> what song was Love that again? Love is uh, uh bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> is that Bob Dylan or yeah. Billy Corgan? I can't really tell. You know, that William should, should cover Will, William Patrick Corgan yeah. should cover each other's songs. Yeah, tangled up in blue, and then like uh, the world is a vampire <laughs> sent to drain, sent to drain. <laughs> Anyway. I don't think they're paying attention, but you know. yeah. Today is the greatest day. Love how full, easily fooled they can be. Yeah. <laughs> like all some other boob that's going, hey, about that, but well, yeah. I've always contested that. I've said this several years ago. You probably remember that. I think one of the things they should do for a zombies thing on Call of Duty, you know, they do the Call of Duty yeah. zombies mode, is like a ancient Egypt. Well, not it's not in ancient Egypt, but it's like a period of you know more recent or recent past in Egypt where it's like you're in a pyramid and you have to survive yeah. like waves of mummies coming after you. And yeah, like basically zombies, but repackage it in terms of that. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. But yeah. you know, oh well. <laughs> this is an all time like they're crashing into everything here yeah. <laughs> a lot of all times like I said Shut up and drive, drive, drive. You know, yeah. that'd be perfect to plug here. But. That druid looking yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> like resting druid the, face. The people on this fighting. Yeah. This, like, next shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's the car it's even like operable? Like. <laughs> He's even getting some off. Well, you know. <laughs> Dang. R.I.P. to a legend, you know, coming up.
But he goes down swinging. Yeah. I respect anyone whose back's against the wall goes out shooting. You Backed know. up against the wall. <laughs> this is a circle jerk, once said. <laughs> like, do what? Like, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yo, you stink. <laughs> I have this. Yeah. <laughs> All the bodies were thrown clear. Well, backs up against the wall yet again. The creature. Not the creature from Harry Potter fame. With a K. I mean, those ancient Egyptian, yeah. by the way. Yeah. O'Connell's face. Yeah. <laughs> TIA. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean his, his mere presence, yeah. you know, brings back TIA memories from old, you know. <laughs> Did a little early, but. There you go. <laughs> but Levi's got that saved on his phone. By yeah. Way, you know. Sorry, there were never know there, when the there were one or two extra it. shots in there. I forgot. So yeah, I was watching. It was on TV here a while back, and I just filmed that because I felt like I'd need it for some reason. And here we are. Yeah. And I couldn't even get it on right on the money, but you know, we're not all. We can't be perfect all the time, you know. <laughs> Come here, you little. <laughs> Emo that boy. Is that all you can say? <laughs> Ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. All gave like some, martyr, some gave all. Martyr you know. and perk activated. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whenever I used to see that as a perk on Call of Duty, yeah. that was the first time I ever saw the word martyr or martyrdom. Yeah. But I thought it was saying, because I read it wrong, Marty Dom. Marty Dom. <laughs> yeah. You got that Marty Dom perk. <laughs> this I gets mean, put on one perfect shot a lot, <laughs> this one. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. I mean, are they wrong? No. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, wow. That sounds like fun. Like suicide by sand, like mm -hmm. by quicksand. Like. Like he's just oh I might die yeah let's go let's go yeah. vibe. It's all a vibe. We're already entering the la the third act here I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I like about this movie? It doesn't really have a downtime yeah. exactly. Like the moment of the downtime was when she got captured, but it's yeah. already like okay we're gonna go. It's like very yeah. brief and. So many movies have downtimes. So yeah. Don't do that, you know. It must be supernatural then. Yeah. Must be yeah, a, I wonder. Must be a mummy on the loose. Must be a mummified person. They're literally like getting carried yeah. by those. <laughs> he didn't move really at all, yeah. by the way. I needed no job. The face. It's pretty good effect. Mm -hmm. Most of the effects this movie hold up pretty good. Yeah. That's why I'm convinced movies like this or Terminator 2 where what you're seeing is so inhuman and supernatural that it doesn't matter if it looks a little fake yeah. because it's like well it's not supposed to look real sure. really like I mean coming from my girl like <laughs> did a South Park voice for some reason mm -hmm. When he saw he had to make two more. Oh my <laughs> god. When he didn't get his coffee. Yeah. But then he did. Like, nice to get to see a smile yeah. before you might get killed by the. And it's like nothing about that sandal. will. Nothing about that helps, yeah. you know. Like, this moment. But you got the ammo. You got to waste it. You yeah. Know? You gotta shoot it. I always love wasted ammo. <laughs> oh, there's an ammo shortage right now. I don't know if you've heard. Okay. Who needs it? I mean, yeah. Sickos, I guess. That's just something in a small town, rural America, people love complaining about. Yeah. Uh, that they'd never use, too. Yeah. Really, it's like, okay. They're all expecting that the apocalypse is going to come tomorrow and it's going to be the Wild West and they're going to need to be. Killing people in mass, you know, healthy thought by a lot of people I know. But... It would have been a definite death and explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody but Winston lived. Yeah. Just because, you know, why yeah. not? 
Okay. I'm taking charge. Yeah. Taking the mounted machine gun off of the plane and gonna, you know, free aim. R.I.P. to Winston. Is he not the most British looking yeah. airman ever, you know? Aviator. Love the way he looked the at Jonathan. He almost looked like, can you believe this? Like, yeah. <laughs> or like, I can't believe you that he did it or something. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> who's attached to the wing? Here's a wing. R.I.P. Why do we have this big of a moment for yeah, Winston? I mean, Winston, it's he like, had a lot of classic it's moments. It's like, do you remember that m- moment towards the end of Independence Day Resurgence where that one guy died? I don't and the remember guy much that about that play, movie, and then Brett Spiner was yeah, like, oh. "Oh, this guy." It's yeah. like, who cares yeah. about that? No offense, but it's like, why'd that guy get such a big piano exit? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> I still trust this do this trio. I should say. Mm-hmm. This trio, though, you know, one's an unwitting, unwilling, you know, member of it. But... Well, the other one doesn't really want to be either, but yeah. you know. Like, oh wait really and like that's what Rick's been telling him the whole movie yeah. he's like wait really <laughs> what a British looking man with those clothes yeah. you know it was like sleeves rolled up like <laughs> but he's gonna you know gonna have his own uh scarab experience here that should be a thing the scarab experience like a minor ride they have it's like yeah it's like oh we're gonna put like a you know a bunch of scarabs on you yeah <laughs> see how long you can last no it's like you know those uh machines where the money flies up and people try yeah. to catch the money <laughs> right. it's like scarabs. but scarabs everywhere yeah. you have like 30 seconds to see how you know what happens to you when you go in like that's a good idea i think you know It was just uh, fairy dust here. Yeah. <laughs> it literally come out of the wall yeah. like his priests. Now, I love a priest, but I love a priestess. Oh, yeah. Know? What about gender-neutral priests? Yeah, like? that too. Like the other freaks.
give me the gold. I want yeah, the gold. I was going to say, I want to know where the gold at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were both thinking the same thing. <laughs> you think we know each other. Yeah. That's a lot of gold. Yeah. It's just like, share some with the rest of them, you know? It's just like, we got to hoard all that. As bad as income inequality is now, like back then. You know? Love his line reading here of priests. Emotep's priests. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. All right, they then. knew that off the top, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, all right then. Oh, but these will go down, you mm -hmm. know. They're not part of the admin. You throw the guns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can literally reload them yeah. all the way, threw them away. But <laughs> this is like when you find the inner sanctum on Assassin's Creed Origins. You're just like, oh yeah, like old school, like, old school. A rat. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> like I said, his guy reminds me of George Harrison. Yeah. The I never Harris. thought about that, but yeah. Which I haven't even seen Life of Brian, but if you've seen what he looks like in the Life of Brian before, like I think especially so, he's got yeah. the long hair, especially looking like that. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of it now. Who did he play in that? I don't technically? know. Him with Bob Hoskins? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think reading these books ain't a good idea. Man. Yeah. Croaking. How many priests did he have, anyways? I don't know. No, oh, he was the high priest, so might have been quite a bit. I don't know. See why they've been killing a lot of these zombified priests, though. But... Not sure they had to add CG of the twinkle yeah. there. Is that why? Did you do take the time to do that? Like. Well, if they needed another key that wasn't that one, they're like, well. well as if he wasn't already going to do that. Yeah.
priest chanting. Just the you know the, the girl next door at this point, you know. Yeah. As far as the the room next door, he does have a lot of priests, don't he? Yeah. I'm saying it's like maybe a bit too much, like a little much on the priests, Emotep. Like it's like he was the false idol, you know. A la Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like saying not too high. Yeah. Like, pretty looking lady. Mm -hmm. like, or Bride of Frankenstein vibes. Yeah. That's for the 3D re-release, that, mo that mummies. What a stock moment that yeah. was. Mummies, like, yeah. Got a thing over here helping them out. Yeah. <laughs> what if it still would have fell forward and killed killed him anyway? <laughs> Babushka, what? Yeah, I know some of these characters are experts, but there's a random amount of ancient Egyptian yeah. speakers in this movie, you know. But then they don't really know what they're reading, though, yeah. either. Because this happens. I feel like Evie and then the Jonathan Hyde character would be the only ones who probably really would know it. You idiot who knows ancient Egyptian? <laughs> like, wow. 
That's a little cruel, don't you think? Like, <laughs> This reminds me of like Barbosa marrying uh, what's their names? Uh, Will Turner and yeah. uh, and uh, oh Lord, what's her name? Kira Knightley's character, yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan in yeah. uh, at World's End. Like, there's a fight going on. I was like, oh like, yeah. <laughs> See, Jonathan, he's got the gravy part. You know, you just say all the, no, you know, not, yeah. not in mortal danger compared to the other two. I mean, once they get killed, I will be in mortal danger, yeah. but, you know, until then. That one doesn't have a jaw. Yeah. You see, like, well, sorry, not again, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> How brutal! Reprise of motif, <laughs> like yeah. Now you die. So goofy looking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The Fraser scream. Yeah. yeah. Where he's turning blue here in a second. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. This one. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Para, para, like, yeah. like it's a Coldplay song. <laughs> I was just doing that. You couldn't see it's it. It's like the Ghost uh, Army and Return of the King, which we just rewatched. Yeah. All it took was his soul. His mortal soul. No fair. Like, 
but let's just like pretend that like I didn't die. Like <laughs> that's a child's favorite word is pretend. Yeah. Well, he had a good run, you know. That's our buddy Imhotep, but this wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Rest in peace. Or as uh, Gore Vidal once said, rest in hell. Yeah. About Buckley. Yeah. Buckley's death. But he is dead, though. Well. For now. For now. This boob. He literally had all a good amount of stuff. He's oh, got to get more. Got to get more. Well, here we go. I love that's the one switch that does it all, yeah. you know? The kill switch. Like the cutout witch. <laughs> oh, I got it by Voices song. Classic Jonathan losing losing the book of Amon Ra, you know, like he barely makes it. Like, <laughs> well, here in a second, Rick is willing to try to have, yeah. save him here at the end, you know, for old times' sake. Goodbye, Benny. <laughs> I mean, you're only gonna be trapped in there for eternity. I mean, yeah, nobody's coming for yeah. you. Like, And, well, he doesn't live very long, so. He barely got his hand out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you make it? Like, <laughs> like a rat. I'm gonna get away. <laughs> This would be like so scary yeah. though. Well. <laughs> Shushmer. <laughs> RIP Benny. Yeah. Piano exit. <laughs> Shushmer. Like, he had a great run, though, you know? Yeah. And we dedicate this podcast in Benny's honor. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, do you think if Benny would have got out with them, he would have been killed by this? Yeah, maybe? probably. Because he would have been running too slow. Yeah. Like, Oh, but all the money gets out, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's one of the funny things about the sequel. It actually is a kind of organic thing that they, of course, thought to put in there is how rich they are after the fact because all the gold they got, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. So, it's interesting. 
seems like a natural thing to do, but they could have not done that, but... Wow. Goodbye. So how do you get out there? Yeah, <laughs> just like whatever, you know. Yeah, he got out. It's like how and why. Oh wow! Like, yeah. Oh please, yeah. Like, don't worry, Jonathan. You got all your little money and mm -hmm. your little tokens. You can take it. He would indeed not clip. be Jonathan debt. He yeah. would much money. He'll have stuff he can take to some tokens he can take back to Hickory Dickory Dock. You know, which R.I.P. to that. Yeah, I've got one of those tokens in there. Oh wow! Right I got now. hold on yeah. to that. Yeah. Mama found it here recently, and I was like, oh, I gotta keep that. Yeah. yeah. The, the again like <laughs> why <laughs> saddlebag I think this is the beginning of a beautiful franchise you know <laughs> <laughs> eh, not really this first one's great but no I, again we probably I, won't be doing those movies on here well anymore. again I'd like to rewatch the, the second one sometime soon just us maybe yeah. watch it and I'd actually would at some point like to see the third one just because yeah. I haven't you yeah. know well, I haven't seen it in so long. I'd like to rewatch it, but well, still really good. So yep, still holds up. Good old fun little movie. Sean Daniel, James Jack, Sean Dan, Jack Daniels, somewhere. somewhere. Adrian Bedell. Bedell. BSC must be British. So the Mummy still good, still holds up. I think. Yeah, if there's been anybody who's been coming to some of our podcasts recently of Country Bears and Clue, and you're like, oh, y'all don't like that as much as you should like. No, we like this one. Like, yeah, we definitely We do. don't give it five stars or nothing, but I mean... But know. it is good. Yeah. Quite good. So you want to go ahead and pause on yep. that. No disrespect to all the fine people who worked on this. Specifically, Rachel, Rachel Vice is who yes. uh, we're stopping on. Um... So, we're coming to the end of our 20th episode, and as if you've heard, well, our 10th was Inherent Vice, right? I yeah. guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, after every 10 episodes, we've decided we want to do special bonus episodes, where we kind of talk about something um, more of a topic instead of like a specific yeah. film. Um, it's a chance to kind of decompress a little bit before we kind of start our next 10 uh, films. And so, and we always want to have that inspired by what the last movie we talked about was. And so our 10th movie, we're actually going to talk about the nature of remakes, which we yeah. touched on a little bit today. Uh, but I do, we're going to look, I think, about talking about some remakes that, that we think work, mm -hmm. what makes remakes that work, what makes remakes that don't work, and then we're actually going to pitch to one another and to use an audience some remake ideas that we have are on our own. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're actually going to have try to have each other guess what the other one is. So we're going to try to really sell it on the pitch. Yeah, to guess what movie it is that's being remade. Right. right. So we're, uh, I guess that'll mean that we're going to try to really thin, you know, 
thin, uh, I was trying to say, walk the fine line uh, of not detailing too not much detailing about, too but, much but giving enough breadcrumbs to say oh maybe it's right. this or maybe it's so that. we'll have to spend some time figuring that out on our own we're not going to know what they are so yeah we're not telling own. each other ahead of yeah. time what they are so we're going to pitch you and each other on some remakes that uh we think uh could or should happen yeah. you know? so but after that we have a big film project uh on here that we're going to be endeavoring to do Levi, why don't you go ahead and introduce um, that we're going to do all the Planet of the Apes movies. All the Planet of the Apes. So the original five, five yep. the Tim Burton remake, and, and the then the new trilogy. Yep. So that's, yeah, the five movies that were made in the late 60s and the 70s. Um, like you said, the Burton movie and then the three newest movies that are basically the uh, the CG versions of that. And uh, we have several other ideas for film series we're going to tackle. None that lengthy. No. I don't think that's by far going to be the... Well, there's one I can well, think I don't of. That's know. Gonna that have other a lot. one is going to be a yeah. lot. So, so uh, yeah. it's actually and, uh, no, it's not yeah. the Andy Hardy movies just yet. No. Uh, I've just saw the first one of those uh, I, I Family Affair, and I'll get around behind. to those. So, um, we're going to be yeah hitting all the Planet of the Apes movies, which um, I like quite a bit. You uh, love a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. huge on you. What about the Planet of the Apes series to you stands out, and why are we kind of tackling these movies and? Uh, just what about the Planet of the Apes movies really well, just made you fall in love with yeah. it? Yeah. Sequels have been a thing for a long time, and franchises have been a thing for a long time, clearly. But uh, we've talked, you know, some, well, you said the Annie Hardy movies, you ha- and also had the Thin Man movies. Those Universal um, movies. Right, the Universal movies. And even if you want to go back so far, you had film serials in their own way, and even stuff like uh, Dr. Mabuse, those... Uh, uh, Fritz Lang films. So obviously, there's been versions of such a thing, and there's been stuff like in uh, um, in other countries. There's those uh, Zatachi, the Blind Swordsman movies. Right. There's James Bond, uh, the James Bond movies. Obviously, so there have been these kind of continuing series. But really, and I think it's pretty safe to say this that the Planet of the Apes films are the first kind of really major science fiction franchise, franchise yeah. that wasn't on TV because you had Star Trek. Well, that was before, right at that right. time, though, even anyway. Um, so, yeah. But what's interesting, though, about those first five films is that they're not made... They were literally made because that one was a big hit and money. But even still, it feels like that's still pretty weird that that would get as many sequels as it did. And no, I'm, it seems like such know, a specific idea... That frankly would have maybe only hold up to one movie, right. that first movie. Yeah, um, and and I feel like the third movie onward in those has somewhat of a definitive sort of plan statement. for what it's doing. Yeah. But that second, that first sequel beneath is it's. We'll talk about it when one we get to that. One of the strangest movies, frankly, it really I've ever is seen. one of the weirdest movies. It it's basically a Star Trek episode, but. Planet of the Apes, and of course, Planet of the Apes is very much connected to the Twilight Zone, of course, uh, and we'll talk about why that Rod is. Serling, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think that, and then of course, the Burton movie, which I haven't seen in probably at least ten years, and don't remember a whole lot about, but I'm interested to rewatch. Um, is pretty useful, and, uh, a pretty we'll, nothing we'll go useless ahead and say, movie. Um, uh, it's partially shameful, I think, that our first Tim Burton movie we're going to do on this yeah. podcast is this movie. But rest assured, we'll be doing other Tim Burton movies oh, yeah. in the future because yeah. he's very dear to our um, hearts. And we'll talk about how that movie is 
where that fits into his right. career at that point. Um, but and then these newest ones, I think, are. I don't even want to use the word revelatory because they're not. You know, that's the thing about Planet of the Apes that uh, is the best thing about it to me. Obviously, is kind of what we're gonna mostly talk about when we're talking about these. Is that they're really it's a really goofy premise about p- apes take over the Earth. Spoiler: yeah. if you didn't know that um, yeah. it is Earth, Planet um, of the Apes. Yeah. But um, that, but obviously, especially that first movie, and very much less so as the movies go along. Although Conquest, which is really good. The fourth out of those original five, I feel like it's hitting back on these things pretty heavy. And uh, Escape mm-hmm. from it, it, the third one, yeah. the one before that, kind of too. Very much racial that fourth and political state. Very um, no, it is especially. That's probably to me the second best of those movies. Oh, it's between easily. three and four. Would yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, but uh, that fourth one really has some bad, big but... statements and ideas in it. Yeah, and they all do in their own ways. I mean, I think we can go out of our way to say that first one is uh, one of the most important films ever made in a lot of yeah, ways in terms of it is. science fiction film and when it was made and what it has to say. And so we'll delve into that. Yeah, but all of them find new ways to grasp whatever the zeitgeist of the moment is yeah uh even the tim burton movie in its own way has yeah and even and even those two and five of those original movies talk about nuclear war and survival and these kind of basic senses of the typical apocalypse stuff but um and the new but the new movies though like i was going to say they're i feel like are pretty revelatory in a sense of style and in the sense of prolonging for lack of a better term, these movies. And uh, and that those are, especially Rise, is a lot about genetics and how we treat uh, zoo animals and animals that we, uh, you know, um, experiment on and that sort of thing, especially that first movie, Rise, which is my least favorite of those three, but I think is still really pretty mm-hmm. good. And actually is the, like, I, like I'm basically saying, the most socially conscious of the three, yeah. actually. Um it also has James Franco, so that's a knock against it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a big question to ask why I love the Planet of the Apes movies because it's We're something be a lot I of time don't really about that know yeah. why exactly. But I think, especially that first movie, if if you want to ask me what's my favorite thing about Planet of the Apes, it's the first probably half hour of that first movie where they're on the new planet and you don't know what's going on and particularly the score for that movie which was done by Jerry I mean written and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith yeah. is one of the literally the best movie scores of all time and John Landis has said before I know he said uh, listening to that in the dark that's some scary stuff that's a really abrasive really weird score yeah. uh, film score for that time and um, we, like I said we'll get into all that then but it just I think what works so much about the Planet of the Apes as a whole concept to me, both the, the original film and all everything else that's come out of it, is the sense of the go- the absurd and the and profound. the profound meets at the exact right moment. And it doesn't always meet like there's a couple movies that aren't as good, but when they meet head on, it's unlike anything else in franchise movie making. I think that it's really Mm -hmm. it really is something that is above stuff like Star Wars and stuff like the Marvel. Like these basic franchises that it's really something far beyond that 
in a political yeah, and social construct. I agree with all that. And I think, too, just the sense of how specific this idea is, and yet it still finds new ways to take yeah. on new forms. And that like, the and, second best out of all of them was the last one, the most recent one made, yeah. is, is still like rivals the first movie of how good yeah. it is, I think. I mean, yeah. the first one is clearly the best, but. Um, and it seems like that's going to be it for a little while, but uh, that that series just keeps it going so well they are making new ones though i think that i'd forgotten and we might about, like find an yeah. opportunity to like uh talk a little bit about the tv series we haven't watched yeah. that though um uh, and just some of the other ancillary media right. long, long yeah. one thing for me personally about the planet of the apes fandom that i appreciate and kind of people that i know are into it levi being the biggest one but is that um again if you're kind of going back in terms of the histories of fandoms You've chart that back. Them and Star, they and Star Trek are kind of the yeah. two biggest original fandoms that are still around in their own ways. Now, Star Trek itself is also similarly to Planet of the Apes, taken on many new forms over the years. And what's quote Star Trek, while in some ways is pure and remains what that TOS TOS was, it's it's changed yeah. and new things have come about. Same thing can be said, I think, with the Planet of the Apes movies in its own way, in terms of they evolve with the times, but there's this universal core of ideas in them that make them as part of the zeitgeist now as they've ever been and i hate using that phraseology but i think it just they really speak to the modern world and i think that that's probably why we're doing it in a way is that people talk about franchises all the time but it's like both that we've said this is kind of the i mean people could argue about it all all day but i feel like it's pretty obvious this is the first major franchise of such um and that it um, is actually also a franchise that a lot of I don't think a lot of people have seen a lot of. Well, I think and, that first movie is so iconic, and, right. and and frankly, the ending is so good. You're like, how can you follow that up? And uh, then we spend four movies doing spinning wheels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, but I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people, I'm certain, have not seen any of those sequels and. And they're very interesting, and that's why we're going to be doing them. So. Yeah, because for the longest time, I had only ever seen that first one and the Tim Burton one. Right. Just because I actually saw that when it came out. Yeah. I remember uh, the toys and everything. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember that. But um, you had you had kind of charged ahead and had watched them, and, oh, they're actually good, and you need to – and so you kind of do your, your coaxing. I watched them, and, again, they're not all great classics in the same way yeah. the first one is – but they still, even that second one, uh, some wildly interesting, thought-provoking ideas in them. Yeah. In the midst, like you said, it's the absurd and the profound kind of sitting side by side. Right. And sometimes that absurd wins out, but sometimes the profound wins out as well. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be exploring. And, and um, I'm excited for that, but also like, how can we talk about Planet of the Apes for nine episodes? And we're going to figure out how we're going to do that. Yeah. But... Yeah, it'll take on so, its own form. Uh, buckle up. Yeah, buckle but up. But before that, get your bananas. Your remakes podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your bananas and your, and your horses and your weird guns that they have and yeah. all that. Yeah, do all that. And so uh, this is going to take us through September, I believe. Yeah, so. Uh, so like uh, <laughs> yeah, the rest of this month, July and August weeks, are going to be ape-centric. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then another movie after that, which is so random. It's another horror, animal but, movie. Yes, another animal-related movie, but... We won't we won't spill the beans on that. So So this is Kyle. This is Levi. Take care. God bless.